This week's episode of Talking Simpsons is brought to you by you. That's right, we're on Patreon now, so head on over to patreon.com slash talking simpsons. For as little as $5 a month, you can help our show and get all kinds of great extra content on top of that. We've got a ton of great bonus content waiting for you right now, so head on over to patreon.com slash talking simpsons today. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talking Simpsons where we're up to our knees in the original cast of MASH I'm your host Bob the Queen of Summer Mackie and this is the Laser Time Podcast Network's chronological exploration of the Simpsons Who else is here with me today? Uh, Henry Gilbert and somebody took my juice money uh, and, uh, Lightning magnet Chris Antista That's right and today's episode is a season 6 premiere Bart of Darkness Hello, Mrs. Cumberdale. <laughs> I love uh, that's ac- that's actually my fan theory is that's Barney's son. Oh wow! wow. Look for my battle with oh, Buzzfeed. Yes, exactly. And today's episode aired on September fourth, nineteen ninety four. And as always, Chris will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real life history. <gasps> oh my God! Oh boy, Bobby! Uh, Tupac Secure pleads guilty and not guilty on charges in two different states and two separate trials. Speaking of music, Kermit Unplugged emerges in music stores, but it cannot defeat the soundtrack to the hottest movie of the summer, The Lion King. And best of all, The Simpsons premieres as scheduled, possibly thanks to a Major League Baseball strike. Oh, oh man. Thank you, Major League Baseball, for going on strike and not delaying this view. Okay, of sports it. fans, I said possibly because. <laughs> Of all the things I never want to argue about, I don't know that Fox had the rights to baseball at this point. I think that took mm. a little oh, bit. Oh, you know what? Actually, no. Mm. I remember this because of 302010. And in mm-hmm. 96 302010, mm-hmm. one of the TV things I got was Tommy Lasorda saying, like, hey, baseball on Fox. Pretty great. Yeah. So, Can you believe it? They're a real network now. <laughs> so, yeah, that's two years away. But well, this aired two days before my 12th birthday. Well, I wouldn't recognize birthday. Tommy Lasorda without a Sega hat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, any professional sport was the bane of the primetime cartoon watcher. It yes. just would forever ruin Futurama, move King of the Hill like 8.37 p.m. Oh, awful. Burned off on like Sunday, like Sunday at noon mm. just because they couldn't air it at its regularly scheduled time. When will this pennant chase end? <laughs> so we are still in production season five. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't follow Talking Simpsons or are that deep into Simpsons production information, there are always a few episodes produced for the season but held over for the next season. Mm-hmm. And it, this it, was one of them, but it was intended to be the season five finale. Yeah, it is. In general, this happens just as a quirk of television production for an animated show versus a live action show. On a live action show, they'd never, they would almost never have a holdover because, like, you filmed it this week and it airs next week. But the nine up to nine months production length that it takes for a Simpsons episode means you'll always have holdovers. Like the first two episodes of airing season five were holdovers from production four and mm. this is the same yeah. deal here. But And then it was a bigger deal because those were uh, episodes from a different showrunner and from mm. a different writing staff. Mm. But, but these were extreme situations of a holdover from season five that had it not been for an earthquake, they would have aired in season in airing season five and i think that's also what makes this the longest season of the simpsons ever this is season six is a 26 episode 26 wow and there were extra episodes baked in from the critic team correct yes there's so you have two holdovers from this and then two critic team episodes the crossover in blood and guts murphy Uh you and so you have that uh, in the holdover and a clip show and a goddamn clip show worst clip show we're gonna do (laughs) it we're gonna waste a week of your uh simpsons time (laughs) with it but it must be done hey the clips are funny 
completeness sake. Yeah. yeah. And and also, like, production season six, technically two episodes of production season six get held over into season seven, so you don't even see all of season six this one. But Yeah, and in modern Simpsons times, last time I checked in, there would be, like, eight to ten holdovers yes. of uh, the previous season that would air wow. at the beginning of the next season. So. I, do, I do wish this episode was the finale. You said it in the previous yeah. episode. It, it does... It, be really fun to acknowledge the, the upcoming summer. I really wish it was. For me, it was weird because this episode is all about summer, all mm-hmm. about getting a pool. And after the season five finale happened, our family did get an above ground pool. <laughs> so wow. I live. Sweet. I live the Bard of Darkness summer without the cast. Obviously. I wanted to ask somebody about that because only Brett has like the white trash pool story. Oh, I had the white trash pool. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. I my family never had a pool. It we wasn't that either. we couldn't afford it, but that my dad didn't want all the work of keeping up a pool. Which, I get it. I understand the work and price of it, but also my dad doesn't like fun. <laughs> so he's. That's, that's uh, I had to is. clean a lady's pool for a while. It is one of the worst sexy. jobs. It was not sexy <laughs> in the slightest. It was a lot of burnt. You know how chlorine burns your eyes? Imagine that feeling on your fingers before it hits the pool. Ooh, it sucks yeah, yeah. to shock a pool. It's the worst. I'm glad it's mentioned slightly oh, in this episode because the maintenance is it. terrible. Yeah, it was really great personally for me to have the entire pool experience for the summer, building the pool, using chlorine, oh, wow. having friends come over. And then when the summer is over, this is the first episode that airs. I'm like, oh my God, it's my pool experience <laughs> captured on The Simpsons. I was, I was going to say my favorite episodes from these this, I don't know, this era all seem to involve the Simpsons getting something a kid can use in the backyard. Mm, if yeah. it involves a treehouse, a trampoline, <laughs> or a pool, I'm down. I actually liked this one coming at the end of summer because it's basically a Labor Day weekend episode hmm. when you're ready to reflect on summer. So showing you a whole episode that's just about summer fun, it, it kind of lets you. It was just that. A, no. I love Secrets to a Successful Marriage. It makes me laugh. It may make me laugh more than this, mm-hmm. but this one seems more special. It's there's a lot of like original musical numbers there's a lot of uh like really right like spot on parodies it looks more expensive it looks more prestigious Mm -hmm. than the relatively straight laced sequel of successful they had a lot of time to work on this because of the north ridge earthquake which happened in january of 94 january 17 that will let you know about the simpsons production schedule an earthquake happened in january which stopped an episode from airing in early june yeah that's basically how long things are in the in the in the pipeline for Mm -hmm. and henry uh you've done the research on the north ridge earthquake yeah so it was a 6.7 quake which is pretty strong like Mm -hmm. i've i've lived in san francisco or in the bay area for more than a decade like a 4.3 is the most i've ever felt and that's like jostles you awake and i still go right back to bed when i feel yeah but uh well i make sure i have to tweet earthquake first Mm -hmm. and then just let everybody know i felt one but hashtag earthquake but so yes this was in uh, la It, it affected the major la area and it was on January 17th, 1994. It was a massive earthquake that wrecked a lot of shit. It did at least $13 billion in damage. The estimates were from $13 billion to $40 billion of damage to the entire area. And 57 people died in it. Holy like, shit. That's, it, was, it was really bad. And the film Roman building, where a lot of production was happening, was not spared in that destruction. Oh, really? Yeah. And also, Oakley and Weinstein joked that they were the only guys who were like, yeah, let's go to work. It's I mean, there was an earthquake. Well, and they find out no one's there because the building is is might come down around them and 
any second. Go I home, think, Bill and Josh. I think it looks like a stucco-cracked egg. That's, yes. that's film Roman. That, I, Matt Groening has a great anecdote. It's very short, but he said the first thing he thought of when the earthquake happened was, I can blow deadlines. This is great. I can blow deadlines. <laughs> I thought free. the same thing about 9-11 in college. Uh, yeah, me I, too. I, it, and I mean, if I can may pull out a college fact from the, uh, the classes I took to replace the math ones I didn't take, mm-hmm. an earthquake is one of the rare natural disasters that has... When you when when people like us hear it rated this this on the Richter scale, mm-hmm. it's one of four ways that earthquake is measured because of how well prepared California is for an earthquake. An earthquake is measured also by how much monetary damage it does. Mm. There is no such classification for a hurricane because we at this point California can experience a, a devastating earthquake with no property damage. Mm-hmm. That thing, we're prepared six, enough for it. A 6.6 earthquake would have wiped out the populace of a yeah. city with buildings in 19 Yeah, it's funny you mention that Chris because mm-hmm. if you grow up uh, not grow up if you live in the Bay Area and some other places mm-hmm. in America, there are a lot of really really old buildings. Like I live in yeah. a 100-year-old apartment building yeah. and when you walk in it says this has a soft foundation. Yeah. It is not earthquake safe. So eventually California made my building's managers put in a new foundation. They're doing that now actually. Oh they had to God. gut the entire garage there's men like coming in and out of the place every day with these giant pipes and everything. I don't know how they do this. I don't know how. Dude, you... sometimes it's literally giant springs. It I, looks did they, awesome. Did they call up Surly Joe or did they watch the half-ass guide to foundation? Get out of here, Bob. We no, gotta make this foundation earthquake proof. It turns out we needed a fifty cent washer. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I got that warning too. Now I'm not even in a, I just live in a old house. Bob just seen it now. Like it is a converted mm-hmm. house with like four units. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not as worried as when I lived in like a 25 unit place that was on top of a parking structure. Oh, I also like this. Yeah. Ec- I may talk about more about meteorology. Sure. We are recording this from San Francisco. You guys live in the Bay Area as well. There are no hot days. Henry and I are from Florida. And the, the way this episode starts out is mm-hmm. an absolutely something Oh, experience yes, during he, summer yes yeah. hey it was just as bad in ohio i'm sure it was believe it i mean but, but like bob it's been a decade without the hot time of year i think there's like oh, a yeah. hot week in here we put on a fan in october and, and, yeah. and then the sun goes down and it's 50 degrees so like but in florida our air conditioning went out whenever our air conditioning went out and it does happen you're on a waiting list and i just have to sit in a bathtub <laughs> filled with water because this, this whole state is uninhabitable. <laughs> I would open up my fridge and put a tent mm. next to it. There was one time in Florida, there was a power outage, and it was like just the night without AC. I was like, I am dying. Yeah, I it, just can't It felt like this. death. I am dead. No one is meant to live here. This is to yes. kill you. And the secret, my shame, secret shame is I have never in my life touched a thermostat. <laughs> Ever. Um, yeah, Ever. Yeah. I don't know how to do it. So, like, I don't know how they work. I don't know what temperature well, you've never is lived through a winter, so it's fair. Yeah, I put on a sweater, take clothes off, just like <laughs> the Simpsons. Uh, so there is one last thing I want to say about the L.A. Quake, that the animation contemporary of the Simpsons, Animaniacs, <sighs> It interrupted their production, too, and like they did with many things, they did a cartoon about it. And so they did an entire cartoon about this specific quake in L.A. that, as a kid, it made no sense to me because I lived in Florida. I didn't pay attention to, no matter how extreme an earthquake was in L.A., I did not pay attention to it. But uh, here is a song about it. Of course it's a song. This is the city, Los Angeles, California. On a starlit winter night, when the moon was shining bright... Back in January of 1994, at 4.30 in the morning, and without a single warning, something strange began to move the floor. A quake, a quake, the house begins to shake. You're bouncing across the floor and watching all your dishes break. You're sleeping, there's a quake, you're instantly awake. 
You're leaping out of bed and shouting. Oh, for heaven's sake! One more, I baby. ran outside with neighbors, their faces no. filled with shock. That's because I'm standing there in nothing but my socks. Oh, a quake! A quake! Uh, that looks so beautiful, fucking... yeah. Animaniacs was, I was going to say, too good for this world, but... <laughs> Since we're recording, it, a little while ago it was announced they're bringing it back. And I'm sure it won't news. look as good or have the great orchestra backing it. It shouldn't have looked that good to begin with. No but, one, no cartoon should have. But it's the power of Spielberg. Hopefully he still has a little bit of that left after BFG. Yeah. I'm hoping TMS has the has the availability to do it. They're not going to No, they will never I do know. They're going to go with Flash Animation. <laughs> Titmouse. Titmouse will be doing Animation. <laughs> well, I mean, Warner does a ton of animation. It's uh, But... Some of it has a higher budget than others, you can tell. Like, Steven Universe is technically Warner Animation, yep. but same is Tom and Jerry meet Willy Wonka. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that that oddly has some good animation in it. Too what? good for the products. I'm okay. serious. Just the, some of the character animation, they look like the Tom and Jerry from the specifically the 40s. Wow. Yeah. Right. I, I saw that trailer for the Tom and Jerry Willy Wonka crossover, and I just wanted to walk into Warner Bros. and throw over a table. Hey! <laughs> you won't do much shit. Uh, <laughs> you didn't have to do this. God damn it! Nobody this, wanted this. You didn't create either of these things. <laughs> well, the 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 animation. I also gauge it by the animation quality in the WWE films Warner Brothers <laughs> makes of them, like uh, WWE uh, meets the Jetsons. <laughs> Vince McMahon, Rock. What are you doing here? Uh, uh, there's a comment, full commentary of that on Laser Times Patreon. Oh boy, check it out. Oh my God, CM uh, Punk Rock. Uh, <laughs> But all right, so into the episode itself. Uh, every every episode should start with Hans Molman and go- catching on fire. Dying, yeah. Well, you're certainly doing your job today, Mr. Sun. Oh, rats. <laughs> and uh, then we visit the Springfield Wax Museum for the second time since Lisa Beauty Queen. Yeah, and Reagan's head would not be on a pike. Uh, how <laughs> dare they insult a president like that? But all the melted wax is great. I, mm-hmm. And now I've seen, as a kid I hadn't, but now I've seen enough mash to understand the accessories floating around and his it's feet. technically one of the only ways John Lennon as a guest star in The Simpsons. Yeah, <laughs> yes. and of course uh, Skinner would go to the Wax Museum, and of course he would go to the mash exhibit. He is that boring. <laughs> yes. Up to my ankles in the cast of MASH. I mean, that's probably an exciting day for him. He went to the 4-H uh, club first and then uh, came here. Got and, radar in my socks. And then uh, Just Stamp the Ticket Guy returns. <laughs> but not to even say anything, he just punches a guy in the face, which random punches in the face, a motif mm. of season five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, We're singing the John Denver song. Then comes, I thought, a very ingenious moment for Homer. For the rest of the summer, we can live inside the refrigerator. Homer, the fridge wasn't meant to be used this way. Although I must say, it's certainly refreshing. I got the idea when I noticed the refrigerator was cold. <laughs> Won't this overload the motor? Marge, can you set the oven to cold? <laughs> it's cool in here, it's boy. It's cool in here, boy. Yeah, the I would have tried this as a kid, but obviously my parents would have said, what are you doing? You're destroying the refrigerator. And that sound of the fridge dying was such great foley. Like, it, mm-hmm. it dies so perfectly. You hear the fan go out. The only time I broke a fridge was not over this. The engine going out, it was... Uh, I'm breaking one right now. It, it, was, it was trying to get rid of ice yeah. in my fr- frozen-over freezer... 
and then puncturing <laughs> puncturing the coolant things. I was like, well, there goes all the Freon. This is uh, it. There's a fine line between breaking the ice and stabbing your refrigerator. <laughs> right well, in the heart. <laughs> well, I had a very old fridge in my apartment. Bob had seen my oven. My fridge was almost as old as that. I think I saw your oven on I Love Lucy. Yes. <laughs> um, but so my fridge is just that was almost as bad. It was a combo freezer. It, the, the door was the same for the freezer and the fridge, uh, which caused a ton of uh, freezer burn and ice to build up until eventually I lost more than half of my freezer to ice and I just had to chip away at it. And then when I broke it, my landlady kind of had to admit, like, you were owed a new freezer, a fridge, a long time ago, so I'm just going to buy one for you. A little bit about you. renting. And I, again, I wasn't quite white trash. My parents were very cheap. I think they discouraged me from using a thermostat. Therefore, I never really learned how to use one, and I, I, I don't. Uh, but I, the lounging in your tidy whities I can kind. Of, I, I do yeah, remember the. I like that for we're, we're not quite white trash, but I know we did that. Well, and I, when you're ten, also you you haven't developed enough shame of your body yet. So yeah, yeah. Like, and I've either had like fat back knee or back hair. <laughs> I do not like being around in my shirt off, but that is how I cope with heat. Is mm-hmm. I just take my shirt off and wear my underwear. Well, so a lot of sitting around in my, in my bathing suit for me. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, that doesn't breathe well at all. Well, that's I don't care. Di- it's like bas- it's basting your own balls. <laughs> It was a cute little thing of Maggie sleeping on the gelatin. Falling asleep. A, yeah. a callback to the old gelatin dessert jokes on The Simpsons. Oh, that's mm-hmm. true. And, yeah. Oh, my God. And I, I love Homer's kid logic of, like, can't you set the oven to cold? Like, it's, <laughs> the, if the oven can get hot, it can get cold, too, right? This, and, the codependence uh, is carrying over from the last episode. <laughs> they don't do enough jokes about Marge's dyed hair. I mm-hmm. like the fan blowing it back and she forth. She stabilizes it's, it. It's really good, yeah. The kids are misled by several disgusting food trucks. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> I'm all out of Ice cream! It's true, you know. Ice cream! It's true, you know. Chili! Red hot Texas style chili! (laughs) And we got ginger ale! Boiling hot Texas style ginger ale! Texas! (laughs) (laughs) Ah, face it, Bart. Our salvation isn't just gonna roll by on the back of some stupid truck. Oh, the pool mobile! What an awesome idea! It yeah. is. And I I looked at it. I couldn't find it in a real world equivalent. Mm. If there was a pool mobile, because I not that I don't want to give the Simpsons writers credit for coming up with it's this. Too hard to drive around. You lose a lot of water. Oh, and they yeah. make that joke too. Yeah. So I was hoping get that window replaced. I'm hoping it exists. I hope there's a mobile they, pool somewhere. I would think there has to be. You just put a cover on it, and the water would dude come like a, out, a, a blackout in like L.A. in an inner city neighborhood. Like mm. there should be a a way to for <laughs> people to get you, some relief when you uh, open up a fire hydrant. You know, yes, playing it, like in all right. those famous photos. Right. I do want to say that, 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 one, this is a weird time for me. You know, it's really true. It was a very Warner Brothers style joke. And I was. it also made, made me wonder, um, do people still have ice cream trucks? Mm. Because we didn't really. Oh, we did. I sure. bought something from an ice cream truck maybe once we, ever. Well, I mean, I think we, I'm from Florida where everything is super spread out. Mm. A lot of people living. So they'd come to like Little League games because they knew we could sell to a bunch of people. It didn't run around neighborhoods. Mm. Uh, mine did because uh, wow. I lived in a lot of suburban residential neighborhoods. And I, I can credit so ice cream I. trucks for introducing me to the concept of anxiety. <laughs> Something I live with every day. It's like, you hear oh. the sound. Where is it? I need money. Is it going to pass me by? What am I going to get? Oh, God. Oh, God. It's here. I need 35 cents, Mom. Ah, I'm, ah. I'm so old. I'm so old I can remember like a snow cone was 35 cents and sometimes not having enough to get that. And the other cheapest thing was a fucking pickle. Mm. This guy sold room temperature, yeah, summer Florida yeah. room temperature pickles mm-hmm. in a bag of its own juices. If you didn't have the 10 cents to get a snow cone, he was not flexible. That's man. disgusting. But, but I realize San Francisco does have an equivalent of the ice cream man. There are people who push around 
carts. Oh, yeah, you and see that, those guys with the carts everywhere. And that yeah. ties in, because if you want to believe Bugs Bunny, Pink Panther, Woody Woodpecker, Tweety Bird <laughs> are still alive, it would be solely in the form of ice cream bars. With those delicious gumball eyes. Gumball eyes gumball put eyes. in the wrong places. Or M&M. Sometimes it's just oh, M&M's. I need a gumball eye on mine. It's uh, pretty gross. I haven't seen, you know, I don't see as many of the, there are definitely ice cream truck guys even at the ice cream cart people at uh, the Pride events this mm-hmm. last weekend. But I still see... On the street, much more the guys with their hot dog. Th- well, they're not even hot dog stands. They're just like a hot dog mini cart. They're yeah. just overhead in the production of hot dog carts in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. We were just in, in New York City where like hot dog carts were big as shit. They were yeah. really big. And they were really more like kebab carts that are like, if you want a hot dog, fine. <laughs> this yeah. is kebab. We're moving forward. It's kebab town. Yeah. It's progress. And uh, I forgot it uh, until seeing it this time again. It's just like that last... Texas, Texas, like, definitely uh, an ad lib. I think yes. by Hank Azaria. I know, and that's and I, that's why I love that clip because that's mm-hmm. something a Warner Brothers character would do. Would like look into the camera and say, "It's really true," you know. Yeah. It's and, a boiling hot ginger ale. Yeah. Boiling hot ginger ale. <laughs> and the way the pool mobile text perfectly moves across yeah. the screen when it drives by, like that's just great. Uh, but... I'd like to point out it was driving on the sidewalk <laughs> just a little bit. But uh, well, mm-hmm. auto is uh, probably high. Though, uh, yeah, that that's true. It. When when I was Bart's age, though, I would not swim in my underwear. I got enough shame then of just like i think the last time i swam my underwear like in tidy whities i was six and that's when i realized like well these are just invisible like everybody can just see my genitals I I don't want <laughs> if we if i get drunk in florida and someone lives in an apartment with the pool odds <laughs> yeah. are we're gonna go back there and i'm gonna jump in the pool with my they underwear on. Shut down place after at that, that point just go in naked and save your like you'll have dry underwear when i do you that get out it sucks I have, I have tremendous body issues so i love so i'll take any opportunity to swim at night don't care about the bottom half at all look at my <laughs> my dick balls and butt all day just don't look at my goddamn awful sunken chest don't look at my back knee and back hair please uh well and speaking of nudity in pools um i went to ymca's full of bullies mm-hmm. but i never had like i never heard of a swimsuit being stolen like what happens to martin and i absolutely was the martin at ymca we, like uh, we did pantsing stuff mm-hmm. uh, so you wouldn't take it all we wouldn't the way we off. wouldn't take it off and that was never i because Someone did that to me when I was really young, and it like fucking traumatized me. Like, yes. just pulled my pants down, got the underwear all the way. My dick is flying around. I'm six <laughs> years old. But we would do that as, as little kids. And I remember we stopped and like, oh god, that puberty didn't set in. Like, mm. we can't do that to mm. we can't do that to let's call him Hiram anymore. Because yeah. <laughs> it's not fair. It's, it's not. not fair, yeah. It's not fair yet. No, <laughs> no puberty doobelies. Some of us are actually men. <laughs> yes, uh, well, but uh, never to women. We never pulled down tops. It was just uh, guys pulling down swimsuits underwater, not just, outside the water. Just classic grab ass of the- total <laughs> grab ass when you're underwater to surprise somebody. Can't, I can't not get in a pool and not like mess with some of my friends somehow, <laughs> some way, or my girlfriend. Uh, well, Martin was wearing seven. Pairs, but he did bring it on himself. He did bring it on himself. I, <laughs> Martin in this episode is great. so great. I love how. I love how fey he is and that he doesn't get how how annoying that could be. That that exactly was me. I though I was Millhouse, I also feel a lot for Martin. I was like, Oh, I was I did all these things as Martin and I was the annoying kid who's just like, Yes, we should be friends. Yeah. Felicitations. And not really real being gay and not realizing how gay you <laughs> seem to everyone around you. Uh-huh. And king I, King. And I do want to direct people to actually I just recently read this great article on the toast.net called uh, Martin Prince's Finest Moments, or it's like the Queen of Summer, Martin Prince. That's and great. It, appreciation of Martin Prince, who is, just lives his life as himself and mm-hmm. doesn't care. Even the, 
the best example they gave of that of like him inviting Nelson to his party and Nelson knocking off his his invite is like you drop this Nelson mm-hmm. oh you, you drop are, this yeah. here you go Nelson here you go Nelson it's a it's a very good article I would give it a read folks and then just as Dave Merkin loves <laughs> he, he take he gives give them us. something and takes it away immediately <laughs> sorry Mark dude we got to fill this thing with Epsom salts and jam it on over to the old folks home. Oh, well. Same time tomorrow, Lotto? <laughs> no way, man. One day of summer is all we're budgeted for. I guess it is kind of a tease. <laughs> so I'm, I'm guessing the, uh, Otto is the de facto lifeguard, or he's uh, supposed to be. But it's odd. It, it is just a pool for kids. Marge mm-hmm. and Homer don't go into it. Yeah. And they probably would enjoy a swim. Well, it's, I mean, it is a pool mobile, but clearly it's like three feet deep at yeah. best. It's mm-hmm. not a great pool, honestly. But it's a cool, it's mobility is one thing, but it is not a See, useful See, I have pool. to imagine it exists because I, the funniest thing I ever saw my friend denies he said this. Uh, I was in L.A., I forget for what. And you have to remember, they still have the fucking limos with the jacuzzis in the back. Oh, like, yeah, there's the, right. I was thinking of that, actually. And and I just remember, like, a really, like, buttoned-down friend. It was like, a, 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 there's a limo turning the corner. I'm just talking to him. You've seen enough limos in L.A., you don't bat an eye. And then, yeah, and then we should uh, make the marketing call over there. Holy shit, look how drunk that guy is! And a limo turned the corner with the drunkest executive throwing up all over himself in the back of an empty jacuzzi that I've ever seen in my entire life. My buddy Mike denies up and down that, like, I would not have, like, pointed and yelled that. And, like, you totally did because it was the most shocking thing that drove past us in four seconds. The jacuzzi is more like a uh, de facto barf bucket. Yeah, but it's L.A., a city of freeways. If they have those, then why can't a pullmobile exist? So that's such a BoJack Horseman moment. <laughs> so it feels like, which I would love to do an episode about that on a Talking to show. But yes. uh, the the pool mobile having no budget enough only to tease children with one day that also feels like their comment on government waste. That like yeah. the government was like, oh, we'll build a pool mobile, but we will not give it this budget it needs for more than one. It cost day. four million to build, uh-huh. four hundred is gas up. So if you remember the uh, the classic season two episode, uh, Brush with Greatness, mm-hmm. uh, this is a very similar scene but Homer Homer learned his lesson from the will you take us a mass flash more will you take us a mass flash more I love that you you would have had to have seen that episode to get that joke and the Simpsons doesn't always do that dad as you know we've been swimming and we've developed a taste for it we both agree that getting our own pool is the only way to go now before you respond you must understand that your refusal would result in months and months of can we have a pool dad 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 can we I understand. Let us celebrate our new arrangement with the adding of chocolate to milk. I think if you if you remember that Mount Splashmore episode, mm-hmm. it is funnier. Yeah. But it, it's also funny on a level. It's like they're being very diplomatic. He's like, this yeah. is what will happen to you yeah. if you don't give us what we want. In Mount Splashmore, they're just like, this is a full, it's a full assault yeah. on you at all times. It's like a full day you see in a montage. But yeah. I love Lisa holding her hand up and Bart getting a little loud. Come yeah. Here. I, and, I, and him yeah. the, right before them unplugging the television before Homer acknowledges and then just like yes honey <laughs> how much work Homer puts into like you yeah. know, turn my head this way now I'll turn it back on they're like yes Lisa <laughs> I love that they can recognize in a previous episode we broke you with this so mm-hmm. we've proven we would win again mm-hmm. it's not just them recognizing previous seasons but it's also like in season two they would have just said we can't afford a pool we have no money for this and mm-hmm. instead Homer's just like well then I guess we bought it and <laughs> 
I mean, it, it was the it was the swinging nineties, so my my upper lower middle class family could afford a pool. But a, a white trash above ground pool is not a huge expense. It's still it's no, still it's kind not. of pricey. It's attainable luxury. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's a fucking PlayStation Pro minus the water cost. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, well, I, that whole summer we had to like level out the ground and dig and stuff, but we just did that ourselves. We didn't hire people and, to do it. And Brett told a story on the on one of our podcasts about like when that pool broke, mm. like just being the, one of the most colossal dis- displays of liquid you've ever seen in your entire <laughs> life, which they're not guaranteed. They're not guaranteed at all. No, like, I think we replaced that pool once in 25 years, so it's still above, going strong. An above-ground pool is seen as lower class than an in-ground pool. Like, an in-ground pool proves you did, like, landscaping and dug up shit and poured concrete and put pipes in. I don't know, having never had one, mm-hmm. but, like, an above-ground pool is like a fucking stage you put your shirtless body on, whereas... If it's lower in, I don't know, in Florida, you got to build a fence around your pool. Like, mm-hmm. no, too many people with like fucking acres of land. Yes. Like, I'm not going to put a fence around all this. You just put a little fence around a pool. Yeah, um, it's so it's the law. Children won't climb into it and die. Where it's not really a requirement with above ground pools, so you would just see trash people elevated four feet in the air. Oh, actually, with a pool, I almost uh, drowned once. Very what? young as a kid. Oh my god! I I was like two years old, and it was classic baby falls in the pool where I I was. Uh, when she was pregnant with my brother, I was still she was still working, and I was being taken care of by the woman in town who took care of like in the neighborhood who took care of kids. The and, nanny, and she had a <laughs> she had a backyard pool, and so one day when my mom was coming to pick me up, she saw me walk away and just plop into the pool, and she said I didn't have a look on my face of drowning. I she says it has haunted her to this day of just seeing me with a blank look on my face, looking up in the water at her. Oh my and, god, that's gonna haunt me now. <laughs> And so she is. Uh, she was very pregnant, but pulled me out of there herself. And so, oh, baby Henry, your antics delighted like the, us once again. The kid being punched in the stomach, waving at Lisa. Yes, uh-huh. I do. Lo- I love that scene. Just like uh, I mean, it happens later, but he's enjoying being bullied for the benefit yes. of Lisa's approval. I happened. I was never the the cool guy, but mm-hmm. like I would. The guy like, ah, look, my pants are falling down outside the supermarket. Hey, mm-hmm. girl, pay attention. Uh-huh. Any any yeah. attention at all will do. When I was like that kid in being like having friends who were clearly your bullies who acted like your friend. Like, it'd be funny if we did this to you, right? I'm like, yeah, we're having fun together. It's just, it always happens to be me getting picked on here. The pool shark scene, I, uh, the sign there, I love that. <laughs> pool sharks where the customer is our chum. That's It's beautiful. And I wrote down all of the uh, pool model names. Uh, the Instarust, the Hick Tub, <laughs> the Lightning Magnet, and the, the Tinkler. tinkler. Ooh, the tinkler. the tinkler. Hick, Hick Tub is my favorite. Yeah. I, I, through... Growing up in Florida and swimming and everything, I have ingested so much pee in my life. I have no idea why I'm not into that. <laughs> that it was doesn't make the... any sense. Grew up, I grew up in the Y. That's where I went every summer, Ugh. the free day camp in the Y. Once you realize it's full of urine, you're just like, well, you either just have to accept that or not. And that yeah. was the that was a, a really good South Park episode about just like, yeah, everybody pees in the pool. It's just Kyle. I going never like, did. No, so I they didn't... can't. No, I never did I didn't either. Get it. I didn't no get it. Way. But like everyone else is like, oh, yeah. I mean, of course I've done it before, but uh, not on a regular basis. That was a really great episode of Pete and Pete, actually. Yeah, which Pete continued, is... which continued the urban legend of they can add a chemical to the pool to detect pee mm-hmm. and show. You're it. You're telling me grown ups is a lie? <laughs> <laughs> that... well, they lied to you. If it, the trailer. If it turns. 
a different color with pee, I feel like it would also poison you at some yeah. point. Like, how can it be non-toxic? Yeah, there's probably a kid with, like, pee for sweat who would <laughs> like, have a miserable life. And it's a great observation that the guy who sells pools would be like, no, I play keyboards. Like, uh, <laughs> question would, lady. Yeah, good question lady. I, the, he's like, no, I'm a keyboard player who just happens to sell pools. Like, that's I, I a like lie that he, he tells himself. He's so annoyed he calls her question lady. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, question lady. The Simpsons will be right back. Hidely ho, podcast arenos, and welcome to the sixth season of Talking Simpsons. Can you believe we've made it this far already? Well, we couldn't have done it without you. Yes, you, the listeners to our lovely podcast. Not only do we thank you for all your support, all your tweets at us, all your likes on the social medias, but also your support on things like patreon.com slash talking simpsons. Yes, the show is directly supported there, and your attention gives us hope. Hope that we can pay our rent by doing a Simpsons podcast. Isn't that everyone's dream? I know it's mine. And I'm living it, thanks to you folks. So, if you still aren't a supporter, though, you're missing out on some really cool stuff. What? Well, we just did our Season 5 wrap-up and special deleted scenes video slash audio thing. Yes, first off, we talked through all the big news and historical moments that happened during the fifth season. Plus, we go over every deleted scene from the season piece by piece and comment on it and give it some historical context. You can even see it in video form if you pay $10 a month. It's really, really awesome. And Hachimachi, that's just the beginning because now exclusively on patreon.com slash talking simpsons is talking critic our weekly exploration of every episode of the critic we did the first two is there on their own thing now since we hit the funding goal on patreon we are doing the entire series and it will post every friday on patreon.com slash talking simpsons so if you head there you can see it and there's tons more cool stuff coming down the line and we thank you very much for your support there now, onward to the rest of Season 6. Hey, this is Jerry Cooney, professional boxer and official greeter of Mr. Burns Casino. Welcome to Mr. Burns Casino. If there's anything I can do to make your visit more enjoyable, please, just let me know. Yeah, great. See ya. You're listening to the guys on Talking Simpsons. Hey, is that bug off? <laughs> Also, this week's episode of Talking Simpsons is brought to you by Audible. Go to audibletrial.com slash Talking Simpsons for a 30-day trial of it, including your own free audiobook. What's so great about audible.com? Well, I'll tell you, as a user of it myself, I love Audible. I really do. I've been a subscriber for years. As somebody who loves listening to podcasts in his ears all the time, it's just as fun to listen to classic audiobooks and new ones, too. What would I suggest? Well, if you're a fan of 90s animation, like this episode episode of the simpsons you'll want to check out dr cats the audiophiles yes dr cats is back as its own audio series on audible and you can check out the episodes that feature ray romano andy kindler ted danson sarah silverman ron funches weird al yankovic and more and all the original cast is back too it's really fun i really like it and 
It is part of Audible, so if you sign up for the trial, you can download all the episodes as part of your membership. And again, how do you sign up for that? AudibleTrial.com slash TalkingSimpsons. It's a great way to support the show. Thanks again, AudibleTrial.com slash TalkingSimpsons. You like Laser Time shows? Then you might like Bonus Time, Laser Time's weekly bonus show exclusively on Patreon.com slash Laser Time. Here's a taste of what you've been missing. Diana is somehow 40. She doesn't look a lick over 38, yeah. <laughs> in my opinion, uh, but she had a little 40th birthday jam. In it was the, fun. I don't know how to talk about that because what? it's like ch- people's children. The doggies didn't get along. They got along, I would say, like 85% of the time, and then yeah, 15% they, of the time they would... I mean, also, I brought my dogs around other dogs. I... I think I've seen that like once. Oh. They they got into it, but then quite you would see bit. they would like run around and just have fun. They would up until the the bone and the hot dogs it's, entered the equation. It, yeah, I think anytime there was a food stuff or mm-hmm. another dog around, mm-hmm. then that would complicate things. There was absolutely no injuries. <laughs> like they, it's all bark yeah. for both of them. It's well, like <laughs> yeah, and they get close and scratch we, Michael. We yeah, sorry, man. <laughs> it does create an awkwardness. Mm-hmm. I can't speak for Michael and Diana or or, or, or your lady. It would have been great. But like, you see, like, my, took oh, I'm so sorry yeah. this happened. And, like, these are fucking dogs. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, no one, there shouldn't be a moment of silence, like, oh, this is an awkwardness we might not be able to socially recover from. <laughs> I was hoping that it would come to, like, a part where, like, half the, half the party is siding with their dog and half the party. I saw it. Yeah. She came at him. <laughs> I saw it. Steve wanted it. <laughs> yes. And, and she, she wasn't going to stop until he got you let it. let Steve kick your dog's ass like that? <laughs> Get bonus time, Laser Time's weekly, full-length, uncensored, and ad-free Patreon-exclusive podcasts, as well as full-length movie commentaries, wrestling and cartoon video commentaries, the first season of Talking Simpson, and more at patreon.com slash lasertime, starting at just five bucks. You'll help us live, and we'll do our best to help you never be bored again. They build up the pool in a barn raising scene similar to one in The Witness, which mm-hmm. is a Harrison Ford film about Amish people. But uh, I, I just love this line. All right, everybody in the pool. It is a fine barn, but sure it is no pool, English. Do it! <laughs> <laughs> is it a pool yet? Yes, Dad. <laughs> that is a great visual misdirect, but it only works once. Yep. Only yeah. the first time you see this episode will it work. What yeah. about when he makes a grill? The, the, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the, that was just sequel to this joke. The barn raising was great. The, it's weird that Lisa didn't catch that the entire time either. During some part of the process when they're applying their roof to their pool, the, yeah. no one say, this is a barn. <laughs> once it's an A-frame, you should think yeah. so. But I love that doweth and actually... As a kid, I said dough a lot if I made a mistake because Simpsons told me to do that. But to mix things up, then eventually I started doing doweth instead. Oh. As a good Midwestern boy, I visited Amish country a whole lot. Oh, uh, I've never so been. I resonated with all these Amish Amish <laughs> jokes. So rather, they resonated with me. It's the longest rum spring ever. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the second the pool is built, dozens of children have defen- descended upon the Simpsons' and house. I can't believe how many times they've done this episode mm. at this point with Stampy and the trampoline. Oh, 
yeah. They've attracted a ton of strangers to the Simpsons' backyard. By this time, it should be famous to the Simpsons. <laughs> famous in Springfield, like, yeah, it's a Simpsons house. They have a crazy thing. Don't put anything in your backyard. <laughs> also, I can't believe the Simpsons are the first <laughs> residents of Springfield to ever do this. But this was another thing, The another reason my dad didn't want to build a pool. He's mm-hmm. just like, I, I don't he's want... He's going to have friends? I don't, yes. Uh, it, 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 it's like, I don't want my son to have friends. But really, it was like he didn't want... A ton of kids over all the time, but he mm-hmm. still got it because we had video games. Fuck you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Suck a dick, Mr. Gilbert. <laughs> but, but yes, that he. It's the same with like that tragic story I told of my dad not building a swing set because he just didn't want the next door neighbor kid there. <laughs> and similar deal here, but it is you know it's not Marge's job to make them all sandwiches. No. She's really being mm-hmm. taken advantage of there. And by Bart, like Bart is I I love Miss Cumberdale is such a great fake name. Cumberdale like, is great. I want to <laughs> give that to Oakley or Weinstein. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some of the kids designs get really weird because they're just like how it's many different can how many different times can they make this and some like, of them are appear to be 10 years older than bart <laughs> yes, yeah and uh i jimbo gets a lot of fun stuff in here though he's almost unrecognizable without his hat on that's true know? yeah and meanwhile bart doesn't even get to swim once doesn't get to get in his pool once this whole summer jump bart jump you got it hey bart your epidermis is showing it is See, epidermis means your hair. So technically, it's true. That's what makes it so funny. Pardon me a moment. (laughs) Hey, Nelson, he's really hurt. I think he broke his leg. I said, ha, ha. <laughs> they really did emphasize his broken leg. It's gross. In a, in the wrong direction. In a position I now call the Family Guy fall. So anytime somebody falls, they make sure to like. No, there's a appendage here that was that was broken. Dominic Polcino totally stole that from no. him. Yeah, no, I, I and Bart got on the roof of his treehouse to discuss the pool safety rules before falling off. <laughs> yeah, to, well, by getting taunted into jumping, and, and right when it aired, my mom was very like she called it out. She's like. That's too smart for Nelson. He wouldn't know what an epidermis is. Like hmm. it is, it is a classic dork joke to say your epidermis is showing, which means your skin, not your hair. I, actually, I looked into this. I thought Nelson was wrong, and that was part of the joke. It does right. include the hair follicles. Yeah, it what? It does. Oh, yeah. See, okay. It, it would have made, made way more sense for Martin to say it. All right. But see, here's the thing. I think Nelson just like watched an episode of Bill Nye the uh, Science uh, Guy and mm. found a way to prank Bart. Oh. No, I think. Okay, I swear to you, my I had heard this joke before, and. I never read hair as meaning epidermis. I think the joke is that Nelson got the, got it wrong. What's thinks, the dermis? I guess it's hair the is skin. Part, yeah, I yeah, think hair, it's hair, epidermis. I- is the upper skin. Uh, the hair uh, counts. I, I looked into it because I thought that was part of the joke that Nelson still got it wrong and Bart fell for it. I like it better if Nelson gets it wrong because it is too, it's too urbane Me for too. Nelson. But it is a classic like bully uh, kind of like wordplay prank that yes. um, I've had similar things not happen to me, but I heard similar things like as a kid, just like, mm. oh, I actually meant this and it's harmless. So. And uh, the story of a childhood summer and broken legs, it reminds me of a separate piece, though I don't think they were yeah. meant to do it, but. Uh, you read a separate that. piece? In no. This? no. Uh, it's a story of an asshole who has a fun <laughs> friend who he tries to destroy who still loves him. But right. I did fall off a two-story roof jumping in the pool <laughs> over the summer, which is something we all did. Wow. Climbed the air conditioner to the tree to jump up, and I fell and hit every branch on the way right down, and... Just, I cannot believe how indestructible I was. Did any of us ever break a limb? I never did as a coward oh boy, and a, non, um, a I, non-active I, child. I, I, ha- I did, but in a more cowardly way than you not breaking <laughs> a limb. 
a girl threw a basketball at me while I was holding a basketball. It hit my finger. My pinky was sandwiched in between the basketball. Yo. So it, it, something was clearly wrong, and it was swelling to the point where it was noticeable. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't admit a girl broke oh, my finger. Oh, no. So it Talk gets, it gets worse. I suffer through it for hours in summer camp, and I manufacture a story about a mysterious cowboy <laughs> who, I'm not kidding, who wa- was walking around strutting his cowboy boots and stepped on my pinky and ringed it. And I'm like, I think he thought it was a cigarette. Like, I, I made up a lie about a broken you bone were- and made myself suffer forever because I was too embarrassed to let everybody know a girl got the best of me. You Accidentally. God damn you, Marilyn. You were attacked by the whipmaster. Uh, <laughs> it was a Baptist camp. That's you, the Henry? only excuse I, I want to hear about your multiple I broke fractures. An, I broke an arm once, actually. Oh. Uh, it was in the summer of 2000. I was 17 going on 18. Uh, let's go back. And, well, my friends and I really got into UFC and MMA, and uh, and we decided to, you know, wrestle around. Look at me, I'm Horse and, Gracie. And not, yeah, and, and also not think about how gay it was. It was like, no, we're just rolling around. Uh, oil we, up first. So we were doing this, and then my friend who, uh, boy, if this was in a separate piece, then he did it on purpose, but I absolutely don't think he did it on purpose, mm-hmm. then he gets me in an arm bar. And he pulls the arm oh, more. God. And, oh, God. And, uh, you watched your arm break. Uh, no, so actually his oh. head... So my left arm is between his two legs, but my head is facing away with his legs on top of my ears. So when my friends hear a very loud crack, I hear more like, you know that sound like if you like crack a knuckle underwater or whatever, it's just, it's much quieter, but my arm can't move anymore. And and he immediately lets go of my arm. I'm like, do you think you dislocated? And they're like, I think it's broken. I think it's really hurt. Let's get out of here. Well, (laughs) so so they did. They they called the, they called an ambulance and, um, one of the hardest things I ever had to do was... I had an incident at the Gilbert place. Well, so th- this was this was also... <laughs> my mom never forgave me for this because nice. she... Well, this was one of the first times, like, no, my, my friends who have graduated high school, they just got their own apartment, so I'm going to go hang out with them. And so the first time I'm at a place where a parent isn't, I break my arm... <laughs> So, Son, was this some sort of jackass style chicanery? So, so I'm at, I'm like a I'm like a thirty minute drive away from my family. Are you listening <laughs> to the insane clown posse? If you're backyard wrestling, you need to tell me. So they call nine one one, and one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my life was I wanted the I wanted the ambulance dudes to pick me up, but they wouldn't do it. They're like, you got to get up, okay? With one arm and my hand, my other arm feeling like it's in a hole. You jack palance. I will put. I pushed myself up and just like, oh, this arm is hanging really weak. Weird. Mm-hmm. And then they put on a fake splint, but I'm still in shock, so I'm not feeling it. They take me to the hospital, and once I get to the hospital and it starts hurting, that's when I'm crying and like, oh fuck, it's really hit me. My and also the the most pain I've ever been in is when they're like, we're gonna have to move your arm slightly to X-ray it, and Ugh. like you're just gonna have to like, and I I am like in tears and pain. We're and, all cringing here in the studio, by the way. So oh. when your arm is broke, it was the humerus bone, so above the elbow, oh. and when that breaks, you don't get a cast. They you put it in a sling oh. until it knits itself back together. My arm was in a sling for three months, and for the three months that followed that. I could not bend my elbow. My, my brother joked that I was Bob Dole, oh. and I just could not move <laughs> Still it. Still a topical and, joke in, and, in 2000. Not dead yet. And also that my uh, there was a huge bruise on my elbow, too. So oh I spent boy, at least, Henry. I will say, in Bart's case, 
I actually preferred that it was during the summer, that it was easier to stay indoors and heal during the hardest parts of it instead of going to school and dealing with that injury. And yeah. though I did have, I still came to school in a sling and spent like until like October in the sling. And I remember the day exactly. It was like two days before the first X-Men movie came out because I remember going, it was the first thing I did with a broken arm. June like if 2000. Only, if only I had Wolverine's powers. <laughs> so yes, I have dealt with a broken bow, but never, the nice thing about a broken arm is that like, you it's it is hard but it is not you can still walk around there there is a big difference so on a, on a lighter topic uh, <laughs> we're, uh that was a great story anyway, by the way thanks, thanks for sharing to tell this story i could tell it's, it was very well told but uh so uh bart becomes weird and isolated yes. uh in his seclusion from the pool well, but i want to say that this was my ideal summer hell every yeah. year until i was in high school i was like no no friends my summer belongs to me yes. i am going to play board games by myself yeah. Read Mad Magazines, watch old TV shows, play the same video games over and over. Friends will just get in the way of my time. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It, it was the summer of an indoor kid who re-watches stuff all the time. That's 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 what you do. And Yeah, so I really enjoyed my isolated and weird summers. And I, I actually was very much like Principal Skinner. It's like, I'll just go down to the corner store. Let me see, what will I read today? Mad, Cracked, <laughs> Disney Adventures. <laughs> I think today I will choose Cracked. <laughs> yes, I, I did. I love that. It showed me what I love to do on as an indoor kid of yep. just like yeah i'm gonna watch every old tv show i'm gonna catch up on all these things and and uh it's why i was glad once i turned i think 13 until then my mom would send us to like day camps but the last one the last year we did it of the ymca was so bad uh, of just like full of horrible bullies who were not very nice Aww. to me they're like okay max is just gonna the henry's just gonna stay home <laughs> the whole summer so you were known as max power then <laughs> uh, yeah max power you strap yourself in and feel the G's. But but like thus begins the real parody of the episode. And I yes. hate that they call this Bart of Darkness. Mm-hmm. Should be Rear Bart Doe. <laughs> they call, the last episode was called Secrets of a Successful Marriage. There's mm-hmm. a movie called that. You can call yeah. this episode Rear Window if you'd like to. I, I always confuse the titles Bart of Darkness and Bart After Dark, which is an yep. eight, season 8 episode. I always ah, have the yes. name check. Like, no, no, no. Bart of Darkness is the pool one. If it's a reference to Con- Joseph Conrad's Heart of Darkness, it it almost makes sense, and I kept looking for meaning. The horror. Well, more more about the Coppola documentary, which is, for my money, one of the best five films of all time, and mm, better yeah. than the movie it's about. The documentary about the making of a podcast. So good. Now, yes. Uh, oh, but before we get there, this is when Bart finds out he's losing his whole summer, mm. or so he thinks. I'm sorry, that leg's going to have to come off. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say leg? I meant that wet bathing suit. I'm afraid you'll need a cast on that broken bone. Oh, I'm going to miss the whole summer. Don't worry, boy. When you get a job like me, you'll miss every summer. (laughs) (laughs) That joke joke hurts more as a grown-up. Yeah, as a kid, I was like, oh, no, he's right. I have to enjoy this time. but But it is sweet seeing Homer go to the ER with Bart. Mm-hmm. Like, the selfish Homer they'd paint in some other episodes, he wouldn't go to the ER with Bart. But yeah. he, him running next to the gurney with Bart on it actually like made me like, oh, that's nice. Someone after, get this kid a magazine. Stat. After Mama's family's boy. And that Hibbert joke was pretty close to the Arrested Development Doctor mm-hmm. jokes of just like... Uh, oh, right. It's going to be all right. All right. I wouldn't take that away. You were. He lost <laughs> his hand. 
We've lost him. <laughs> yeah, we've lost him. Yes, but yeah, they, they, oh, yeah. They, they begin the rear window period. Yeah, well, and the Heart of Darkness thing almost works because if you've seen that movie, the madness of a shirtless Francis Ford Coppola is very similar to Bart isolated in his room. I mean, by the himself. original Joseph Conrad story is called Heart of Darkness. It is. But, it is. But like, but I wanted to see more of that. But it is a very clear rear window parody down yeah. to the music and everything. Yeah, I think I think the or Disturbia because they're all based on the like what's it called. A night of murder, or something like oh, that. Yeah, An yeah. original story. It it had to be murder. Okay, I I think no. uh, never mind. By uh, uh, Cornell Woolrich, a 1942 story that Hitchcock made. Rear window on in uh, Disturbia with Shia LaBeouf is kind of a yeah. Spiritual I mean, if remake you read that. about Hitchcock, he was a voracious reader, and mm-hmm. all, all of his movies are based on books or short stories. Mm-hmm. But the the Sherry and Terry bit of them saying like, "Hey, uh, did you realize the day you got a pool is the day we liked you?" and mm-hmm. just. Lisa getting to be popular was a really nice thing of just that corrupted uh, immediately. Yeah, I I've been that child. I had been that child too occasionally like, "Oh, am I popular now?" It it, it I was not. She truly is the queen of summer in yes. these scenes. Yeah. And one of my favorite visual gags ever is Millpool. Yeah. I love Millpool so much. And also though this is so kid focused, it reminds me more of the Scully seasons where episodes are just like all the kids mm. or it's all about the kids acting like adults which honestly i'm not the biggest fan of those they remind me too much of rugrats yeah they're a little rugrats yeah i mean homer and marge are there in the background for some gags but this is really a, a kid focused season mm-hmm. i mean episode, episode not still season. really like those and though. before we get a rear window parody we get a lengthy esther williams musical number parody i couldn't mm-hmm. place the exact uh musical that was from mm-hmm. but it's funny i did some research on esther williams oh boy i'm gonna say the and great muppet caper what's that the great <laughs> muppet caper which is a parody well that's how yeah. i got this joke oh you're like, right oh, miss piggy does that it's yeah. the miss piggy song from from uh, Great Muppet. And, and the only scene... Here's to you, Miss Piggy. The only scene in any Muppet movie where just a little person is in a Miss Piggy outfit, and mm. it is terrifying. Well, from a distance, it looks... It, it's shocking. As a kid Never watching it, as a kid watching it, it was just like, "Oh, this is fun." The Muppets, and now mm-hmm. as an adult, I'm like, "They had to get all these Muppets wet yeah. for for a, for a very involved sequence." It's crazy, but Esther Williams, of course. Uh, it's funny. This can only happen in old Hollywood. It's like mm-hmm. you're a beautiful woman. You're also a professional swimmer. Every movie you will be in will be a swimming-related role. We already have a movie star ice skater. We don't yes, need exactly. <laughs> any but, more of those. I mean, she she uh, I mean, she was a beautiful actress, mm-hmm. and she was a, a great swimmer, so all of her roles involved swimming in some way. But she the would, best workout. She probably looked great. Oh, yeah. I mean, she hurt herself in the movie Million Dollar Mermaid. Uh, she, took some, <laughs> she took some colossal dive to the water and broke her neck. Oh, and she Jesus. had to be basically in treatment for seven months. My God. So she was devoted to her craft. My God. God, man, that's that's like Jackie Chan there. Yeah, that's, but that's, wow. honestly, go online, look up Esther Williams. You'll find a lot of amazing water choreography, oh. water choreographed dancing. It's amazing. Also, if you've seen the History of the World Part 1, mm-hmm. there is also that during the uh, the Tokamata scene, the, uh, the Inquisition. Well, <laughs> it, it becomes an Esther Williams scene as well, but with the nuns. And uh, then Bart watches Itchy and Scratchy, which is a very uneven reference one, which first it's the cask of Amontillado. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, of walling this... up, uh, yeah, walling up Itchy and this way, I, This is why we're better than the wikis. Mm-hmm. Because your limited minds <laughs> attribute this to beneath the Planet of the Apes. I I took, uh, several There's English, almost yeah. nothing in here no. that relates to... If anything, they look like the heads of the people from uh, To Serve Man, a previous... Mm. Simpsons Halloween episode Twilight Zone it's actually a Star Trek reference I thought that too Henry from the first episode of Star Trek which is both 
a an adaptation of an unused pilot for Star Trek called The Cage, but also turned into a two-parter called The Menagerie, the mm. first episodes of it. How does that work? I thought this was from the not the not used pilot for Star Trek. Well, yes. So boy, this is this is a long story, but that Gene Roddenberry wanted to make the show Star Trek starring a guy called Captain Pike, not Captain Kirk. Right. And so they he filmed a pilot of that on the Desi Lu Stu, Studios. But they didn't make that one. They wanted him to rework it. So then as he's working, he gets that pilot sold for the regular star trek with with shatner in it he's got this footage from this pilot and as they're getting farther into season one they're like production wise we need to save some money and so he's like okay if i write an episode where that basically is kirk and spock watching the pilot and then incorporating that into a story then it becomes that so the cage was where captain pike is being kept and then the bad things happen to him, and then in the menagerie, they are watching it in okay. his file about what happened. And are the brains that size as so well? So they're on Talus Four, and mm-hmm. the people with the big brains are the Talosians. Very aptly named because yes. they live on Talos. <laughs> so, so they keep them. They keep humans captive. They keep aliens captive, and they're just like, yeah, we're going to test you. We're much smarter than you. And they they talk telepathically. Their brains don't make that. They just telepathically talk into your brains and have and have telepathic. Like that might like be a, a bit of the Planet of the Apes, right? That, that might be it. I think you might agree with me. This could be the most violent, itchy, and scratchy. Yeah, I mean, really is. Him getting caught in the escalator and getting his skin ripped off is violent, but him getting chopped into pieces every methodically. Yeah. Blood everywhere. And after yeah. they... They lead, They put him and you in his false sense of security. Like, oh, he's finally getting to rest. This yeah, poor they dress old man. him. No, they wash him. That simple phenomenon. I forget somebody. There's a word for it, but like, say if Freddy Krueger is killing the shit out of somebody, mm-hmm. and you remove Freddy Krueger from that situation, all you see is dismemberment and limbs and blood because yeah. there's nothing to block anything, and that's why <laughs> this is so disturbing to me. It's just yeah. it's just a cat being dismembered. We should <laughs> also say uh, it's a Jim Reardon episode, Jim so Reardon. it looks amazing. And again, they had extra time to work on this mm-hmm. episode, so the scenes in Bart's room, there's an extra layer of shadows on everything, yeah. which costs extra money. It's I, an extra cell layer. I loved how that looks. We, uh, we have talked a billion times about him in marketing Bart appears in a blue shirt mm-hmm. and in the show he appears in an orange shirt and the lighting is just such where it's both colors yeah, it's yeah. Great. And during and uh, that sequence so the, yeah the way Scratchy's head is split in half at the end is just like Jesus this is this is a bit much we are yeah. lucky to have seen this <laughs> so Bart is ready for the summertime oh. of doing what you and what all of us would have done of just yeah I'm gonna watch TV all summer I'm gonna watch every episode of one day at a time all summer mm-hmm. I mean this is me I was watching I saw the entire run of the Beverly Hillbillies <laughs> I love Lucy um, Happy Days which I hated Homer Pyle, Andy Griffith Show. I That's was there. How you did it. I was there. In the I was summer. sent away for summer, so. You know, this isn't so bad. I'll just spend the summer getting better acquainted with an old friend called Television. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you enjoyed that, kids, because Krusty's out of here for the summer. In the meantime, we'll be running. Ugh, classic Krusty. <laughs> Enjoy! Smoking TV. <laughs> Good evening. Tonight my guest is AFL-CIO Chairman George Meany, who will be discussing collective bargaining agreements. It's a pleasure to be here, Quasti. Let me be blunt. Is there a labor crisis in America today? Well, that depends what you mean by crisis. Crisis. Oh, <laughs> sounds like Dr. Wiley. Dr. Wiley. Yes, uh, so... 
It's Joe Wilbermann. I believe that Krusty's set is made to look like the Jack Parr version of The Tonight Show, which was actually the second Tonight Show. First was with Steve Allen. Yes. But I actually have a clip of George Meany. AFL-CIO was one of the biggest labor organizations in America, and he was one of the greatest known labor leaders in America. Back when unions did something. He was was a labor leader for decades. But this is from the program Longines Chronoscope, and Longines (laughs) was the sponsor, a watch company. And I have one more thing to drop on you when this clip is over. So we'll hear George Beanie in a second. Now, sir, first of all, uh, why the did the AFL see fit this year to endorse the candidacy of Governor Stevenson? Here's George. Well, of course, the American Federation of Labor has been interested in the, the political scene for many years because of the fact that, to a large extent, <coughs> uh, the conditions under which we, we work can be determined by legislation. But, sir, is what, what difference is there between 1952 and 1948? Okay, that's enough. Well, Play all of it. No. <laughs> he's, not, he's not quite as marble mouth as Harry Shearer's uh, I didn't, in, but the impression. Design I never realized he's doing an action. He is doing a bit of an impression. Yeah. yeah. That design is very close to the wow. drawing of him in the show. I never. I just assumed George Meany sounded like a fake name. You yeah, know? he's like, a real guy. And so Lon Jeans is the uh, sponsor. This unlocked a new reference for me in my head. Uh, in the They Might Be Giants song, yeah! like like the Longines Symphony, it doesn't rest. The Longines Symphony was a radio Whoa! program that would play symphonic music sponsored Watch by sponsored by Longines wow! the Watch Company. Wow. So, That's what that lyric means. There you go. Every, you sometimes I get... I grew up loving They Might Be Giants. Sometimes I get mad. Like, how was I ever supposed to get that asshole? Yes. <laughs> and it was a radio show from in, like, just the 50s. It only existed in the 50s. So, well, I yeah. mean, that's why They, may, they Might Be Giants made from Birdhouse in your soul. for Dorco. Oh, like, that's who they're, they're for. They're my favorite. I love them. And, and yeah, also that the Birdhouse in Your Soul is a great karaoke song, or at least it's always I always do it yeah. because the singer has no range, and neither do I. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Blue Canary in the Outlet by the Light Switch. Uh, but, so, yeah, Bart is going to be damned to watch all this and this is this is a return to casting Krusty as the Tonight Show they, and the, they hadn't done that in a little while since the Tonight Show writers had left the show yeah they kind of forgot that was an old joke they used with Krusty I'm a little tired of saying in 302010 but I feel like I always have to reinforce that we do a show called 302010 about 30, 20, and 10 years ago mostly what the, the pop culture media landscape looks like in 1987 every this joke isn't far-fetched everybody is like pulled the Flintstones whistle and stopped making yeah. television it was reruns. It was like Bob Hope specials that were like produced one, cheaply and quickly. You'd get like one or two specials a week, and some of them were just like, "We're watching fireworks. Come if you want." It's like, and here, here we are in July. We're like, I have too much to watch. It's, There's too yes. much new shit. What do I watch? Glow or Kimmy Schmidt? Like, I, I don't know which one to watch. In one month, Netflix dropped it as like Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, uh, House of Cards season, and Glow. On, top but it's of it's it. a joke that doesn't work the same way yes. anymore that a kid being excited I can sit back and watch TV all summer mm-hmm. if you didn't have Nickelodeon you were fucked like yeah. there's nothing to watch I, I like the brazenness of a channel too of like we're going to show a black and white rerun <laughs> you will never see black and white television yeah. as just tossed off unless you're going to a channel that mm-hmm. is specifically you're watching black and white stuff like no TCM company only. would want to show you, you that you have to find so. that and mm-hmm. so one more thing so canonically we learned from I Love Lisa Krusty started in 1963 the episode was written in 1992 and that was his 29th anniversary special hey. wow. this episode is from 1961 hmm. which makes Makes things out of whack a bit. Well, I uh, hope someone got fired. Firing for mm-hmm. Yeah. Homer thinks he's in the blob, and so then he's he's <laughs> added so much chlorine that it's poisoning children. And, <laughs> like, if... 
I don't care how popular Lisa is in his pool. Like they go, like, well, I'm not coming back. This it literally bleaches Millhouse's hair white. Oh, you're right. Yeah, like, that's how harsh the, the chlorine. Eh? I, I have to think Homer learned the chlorine balance better after the first. Day I never, Millhouse. ever, ever want to bore anyone with that again. But when you do, first shock a pool. You pour in a lethal amount of chlorine, and you're not allowed to swim in it for a few days. That yeah. is part of the process of taking care of a stupid uh, pool. Yeah. You need one of those little pH readers, too. Yeah. Like, what color is it at? Yeah. You, you pour in way too much mm. to kill everything to then make it easier to clean out again. And nope. if Homer followed the directions to a T, it would harm every child yeah. who, who jumped in within the next hour. They'll call me weird. I love the smell of a chlorine pool. It's, it, it's, it's, it's very nostalgic yeah. for me. Especially for yeah. me, a nostalgic feeling I have is when it's an indoor chlorine pool, too. Mm. Just like I just remember smelling that smell, trying to beat Mike Tyson's punch out with a hat <laughs> that had the logo on it. Uh, and then Bart, because he doesn't have video games, it's wrong that he's just pl- doing all the stuff like, well, he'd just be playing video games. He should have his Game Boy out. Yeah, I like, feel like uh, he's had video games before. He should be playing a lot of games. But uh, It seems like they... It, at least at this point, they seem like they only have the rule of like you play video games in the living room. You don't get it in your room. <laughs> yeah, it's that was a, my parents' rule. Yeah, it's a big deal when they let Lisa play Crash Bandicoot. Not <laughs> really in in her bedroom when she's sick. So my parent, my mother, just reminded me of this because I would mm. steal TVs off the side of the road and fix them because <laughs> they wouldn't let me have a TV in my room. But I was able to hide televisions in my room, and they knew when I'd done that because they can't really punish me for like how the fuck did you get a free TV? Um, <laughs> did you talk about Sally Brothers again? It was usually walking. Walking around a rich neighborhood, finding it like I don't want this anymore, and I just fucking take it, put it on. This put it TV on my... is too small, <laughs> and I would steal a lot of t- black and white TVs. And uh, they'd know when the video game system was gone that I found another television. Uh, when it was, because where else would it be? Yeah, well, it got stolen by the, the TV. Oh, Jim, would you get up here? He hollowed out the credenza and tried uh-huh. to hide the television in it. Don't try putting a lock on that, Mister Little Crist. At all, my that. parents knew wow. that TV mm-hmm. and video games were a reliable babysitter, and they did not <laughs> want to break that trend. <laughs> and, well, meanwhile, Bart's playing Stratego alone, which like. I'd play Stratego if I had to at like a day oh, camp I never something. learned. That was... wasn't Risk? No, it was Stratego. Okay, I never played Stratego. Oh, you never played Stratego? No, no, no. Risk is a much bigger map than that. Stratego, you have uh, you have two sides of pieces, red and blue, mm-hmm. and the, the guy on one side can see what every piece is, and they have different actions. It's kind of like playing... It's kind of like playing chess, except you don't know if something's a bishop or a, a okay. knight. Like Mastermind and, or Battleship? And so you go like, well, I'm going to attack this one. Well, it was a bomb. Ha ha. Yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, classic Lonely Child uh, situation. I would play board games alone and then make up my own rules yeah, to make a, like, a single-player game. To this day, I've never played a... Re- I don't... Yeah. When you tell me if I land on free parking in Monopoly, you don't get $500, I'm like, how the fuck did you learn how to play this? <laughs> I'd No the way. Rules? I'd rather... I'd rather read a comic book than start mm-hmm. playing a game by myself. That's mm-hmm. what I was going to do. But the, uh, I'm very particular about Monopoly rules, too. I'm very by the book. I'm like, it's what it says in here. I don't give a shit about your house rules. Like, do you have an auction on a property if someone doesn't buy it? That I yes, learned through the yeah. NES game, oh, that's a rule of Monopoly? We mm-hmm. just we just let the game go no on idea. instead of tying things up for hours. <laughs> no idea. We do the auction. It's like free parking. Your money goes there. If you Anything you pay. like it's We were very particular about mm. that. And it led to some very angry... 
of game playing. Uh, I like. I also love the animation on Bart's deadpan look at Lisa, and she's like, "It's not so great." <laughs> just is it, Bart. Not only is getting weirder by being alone, yeah. but he also is getting smarter. Like yeah. he is letting his. He like he said, he's spending the summer with his it's, brain. It's the best acting I think we've seen from Bart outside mm. of where he's a kid and he has to plea for things or cry. It's it's very well observed yeah. of the weird kid who spends too much time alone and what that does to you. And that I was that kid too. Mm. Like I did those things. And uh, but Lisa has a nice little gift for Bart. Look, it's a telescope I won at the optics festival. It was an optics festival and I wasn't informed. Uh. You go now. But go! What have we here? A wider side of hippies. <laughs> they don't care whose toes they step on. <laughs> I love this I love This this was the era. I guess Bob's with me on this. Thank God, where I fell in love with Mad Magazine. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, late eighties, early to uh, late nineties. I was a heavy reader of Mad Magazine yeah. mm-hmm. and. Inexplicably, Dave Berg was still drawing comics, the lighter side of, mm-hmm. yep. and his sense of humor was stuck in like 1967. Everyone was dressed like it was 1967. Mm-hmm. There were bad the doctor main, jokes and lawyer jokes. The main character always had a pipe in his mouth. This yeah. is the 90s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's only slightly removed from Gene, the uh, Onion comic strip guy. Yeah. And in later uh, Mad Magazines, they would actually publish those again, but add new dialogue to make them edgier. <laughs> yes. I didn't like that. Better yes. for worse style. That's but a terrible reference. Here's the thing Bart is Bart is reading uh, Mad Magazine and the cover uh, says NYPD blank. Uh, the real NYPD blue parody would come out that summer in Mad Magazine and it was called NYPD boobs. Uh, they and gotta do some with the nudity. We, yeah, we used to do a quiz on our other podcast about can you try and guess the Mad Magazine parody, oh, yes. and you usually can. Yeah, and one other thing that startled and surprised me doing research on this. Uh, NYPD Blue, I was like, oh, it was on in the 90s, and they showed Dennis Francis, but uh, who mm-hmm. cares? It was on for 12 seasons. It, it yeah. stopped in 2005. Holy yeah, shit. I didn't know. Anything I had long. no idea. The, you, you're, you were putting misleading Simpsons information on the web. <laughs> well, it was... <laughs> on my No Homers Club. <laughs> it wasn't just Des, Dennis Franz's butt. There were more butts. There were uh, there were butts you wanted to see, too. I mean, Dennis just... Franz's butt was the joke every sitcom yeah. made, even yeah. the Simpsons. But they, they built up to that. Yeah. They, were, they broke the... Uh, they were the Jackie Robinson of Dickhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, for network television, uh, I, I wonder if that show holds up with the Shield and the Wire in existence. Can you go I back to NYPD Blue? If you had, it had enough creative headspace to make twelve seasons of a network show, I want to at least. I would like to go back to the original, the first seasons, because Dennis uh, Dennis Franz's oh. uh, Sipowitz character was pretty much the spiritual child of David Milch who was one of the main writers on the show but not the creator and David mm-hmm. Milch would go on to make Deadwood An amazing and Deadwood show. is just his mind yeah. she, like you watch their writers room thing he's surrounded by the writers who were doing a great job and then he's like no then the guy would say this and he would just spit out like this Western Shakespeare line just seemingly off the top of his head like who the fuck are you he's a mad genius I love that man go back to a couple episodes ago where I can yell about how much I like John from Cincinnati the Twin Peaks for the fucking 2000s and I I think the other parody that they did on uh, Brother from Another Planet was NYPD Shoe oh yeah was that like this NYPD Shoe sketch yeah it's basically the same thing 
And uh, yeah, the also an optics festival is bird watching. That's what an optics oh, festival is. It was it was a good observation of Bart's demented attitude, where he was like, "I need to find a way that this is a slight against me. I would yes. not enjoy the optics festival. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't like being there at all. But the fact that I wasn't included with a working leg, mm-hmm. I take this. I take great offense to this. You're an angry victim child who's lashing out at people being nice to you. I. Maybe I did that. Uh, and uh, we do have a nice uh, continue swimming naked. Yes. I remember that in the commercials. Like, that was the, the number one. Yes. The number one commercial joke for this episode was uh, the continue swimming naked. But it it didn't go all the way to the open fire. And Come on, Lou, continue. That Lou nods his head like, "Yep, I'm going to start shooting at him." I wonder <laughs> if they at least fired a warning shot and the Simpsons fled. <laughs> but it is. It's. Uh, I like that. That is something I never got to enjoy of owning our own pool. Just like I could not privately skinny dip and enjoy it. It's just uh, I did much later in life. Uh, when I did it constantly. <laughs> I, I, I told the story recently on a show. I was skinny dipping, and as boys do, you start wrestling, and we just had that moment of our our, our dicks touching and like <laughs> freaking a gay panic. Uh, yeah, wouldn't uh, wouldn't trade it for anything. Classic Glad gladiator style combat. I'm glad we could have uh, space docked like that. But uh, so Bart has magical telescope luck as. We'll also see in Bart's Comet later in this season that Bart will see everything nobody gets to see in telescopes. Telescopes are boring until you see the one cool thing, but he sees he sees a spaceship. His, it's that might be my favorite part of this whole episode because it's one is wow, the universe is so boring. I love that. Yeah, he's just seeing everything expand in front of him. But what his. What that sequence looks like is a placemat I ate off of as a five-year-old. Oh, wow. Every single cosmic phenomenon stuck on a placemat with all the planets around it. That's what Bart saw and c- couldn't give less of a shit. I remember my placemat as a kid was a Sesame Street one. It was uh, just all my Sesame Street pals uh, saying, enjoy your meals. Then the rear window stuff finally begins in earnest. Oh, that's like, why you guys didn't want to talk about it. It hadn't happened no, yet. No, no. It, well, so Bart sees first that Skinner apparently spends his entire summer sharpening pencils. I love, I lo- but I love that because they they only touched upon it briefly with Otto. But now that I know a bunch of teachers, like you got to find more different work. During- if yeah. you're lucky enough to be principal, you might be paid throughout the year. Hmm. But otherwise, you got to have a summer job. Ugh, that's how shitty we do to teachers. Like we're already paying them garbage. Can you just pay them in the summer? Yeah, a lot. A lot of people. I I don't have those stories, but like you, you'll go to the grocery store and you'll see your. Hey, my teacher's here, bagging the groceries. Uh, Summer job, baby. And then I wonder what show Hibbert was watching. It's not a broad enough parody. Like, Turns out it was hey, the Evil Twin. twin. <laughs> like was that was that Martin? Was I that thought Seinfeld? it was. I thought it was Who's the Boss. Ah, that sounds like a. Who's it the sounded boss like line. a Tony Danza kind of line. But it, the voice was really high pitched. It was yeah. sort of like a Moe-ish No, voice. I agree. I don't, yeah. I don't know what else it could have been. Maybe but bad like... stand-up comedy or something. <laughs> I don't know. And uh, just like in Lady Bouvier, I feel that Merkin is. Ex- punishing people for explicitly referencing something because it is rear window and then Bart then looks so in good. on Jimmy Stewart. Right. Oh, looking kid. I mean, Grace. He calls for Grace, not yeah. Lisa, the character's name. Which is the character's name in the movie, yeah. I mean, we should talk about rear window. Sure. I don't need to tell you that rear window is great. Yep. If it's ever playing in a theater, and it probably isn't if you don't live in a major city, go see it because this is the – it's not my favorite Hitchcock movie. It's no. a movie I've seen most in a the theater because really? every viewing on a huge screen, you could be like, I'm going to look in that window mm-hmm. for most of the movie. You'll catch something different, some new activity. Like the set itself is glorious. Yeah. And the the choreography of getting all the actors like hundreds of feet away from each other to work in unison on one set – 
to create a convincing reality is just astounding. Like, he made it work. No, it's beautiful. I need to see it on a big screen. I've only seen it on a TV screen, which is not how it's meant to be seen. Was that one of the 302010 responses? Was that, that the creator of the chipmunks is one of the dudes in the window? Yes, Ross Bagdasarian is the guy who is writing a song throughout the movie. And in the end, it's a song that uh, Jimmy Stewart and Grace Kelly dance to when his leg heals. Wow. That's and really uh, we have the trailer. Let's play part of it. I queued it up to where it gets interesting. This is the apartment of a man named Jeffries, a news photographer whose beat used to be the world. Right now, his world has shrunk down to the size of this window. He's been watching the people across the way. Nobody seems to pull their blinds during a hot spell like this. He knows a lot about them by now. Too much, perhaps. For instance, down there on the second floor, the woman pacing about. He calls her Miss Lonely Hearts. So lonely that even death seems like a friend. These are the newlyweds on a honeymoon no one will ever forget. He calls her Miss Hearing Aid, an artist of a very odd and strange art. The songwriter who plays the same melody over and over again. There he is. It's Dave Seville. A genius or insane. Insane, we found out. <laughs> he did Alvin! That's the guy. <laughs> it's true, but yeah, I mean, I don't need to tell you it's a good movie, but it is a great movie, and it is filmed from the main character's perspective. Not in the first person, of course, mm-hmm. but you only see what is possible for him to see. Yes. So it's frustrating as a viewer to be like, what's happening in that window? But when you're watching it in the beautiful... I don't know what the aspect ratio is. I think it's like 2.35 to 1 mm-hmm. or 2.85 to 1. It's just like there's so much happening on the screen, but there's something happening all over the screen, but it's not distracting. It's one of the most interesting sets ever built. I think going to Universal Studios when it first opened, they had mm. a, you walk into the Hitchcock exhibit, which is literally Minion Mayhem now. Ugh, uh, that, that's that, sad. It became Terminator 2 and Minion Mayhem. But again, that's that's the trajectory of what's popular. But like you walk in and like this is how the rear window set looked, and like I remember, th- I'll never forget that mm-hmm. they had tele they had projections of people in the windows. Because obviously they're not going to pay, pay act- actors to be there every once every ten minutes. Mm-hmm. But it was so awesome to I, see how they made that. film. I also remember that they showed how like how did uh, Hitchcock film going through this window? Yeah. It's like well the window broke apart. And mm-hmm. It was it's really yeah rear window is is so fantastic. It shows. It's all about voyeurism, which is yeah. all Hitchcock films are about in general. But this one is his most voyeuristic, and that Jimmy Stewart, like, yeah, pretty good job for him. He gets to sit down most of the movie. He's yeah. one of my favorite actors of all time. There's like at least ten Hitchcock movies that will never not be interesting, and this is way up. There. And if you're into babes, Grace Kelly Grace has Kelly. never God been hotter damn. in any movie. She God is damn. amazing, and you're like, why is she dating this she old man? Is she in High Noon? Is that her? Uh, God, I think she is in High Noon. Right. It was one of her first. She's, movies. she's one of the, she was one of the first people like. Who, who is oldest like this was 50 years ago and this is the hottest person I've ever seen mm. and it's not just that they drew Jimmy Stewart into the show in his rear window costume it's <laughs> yelling that, at Grace Kelly it's that behind him too it's his apartment mm-hmm. even some of the photos we just saw in that trailer are drawn behind him that's right, that's it, right. It, does, it does make me wonder that like are they officially now acknowledging that little Chris is watching is not going to get this joke unless they're very specific? <laughs> no, like Henry said, I think they're punishing the writers for being like, you think you're so clever. We're going to tell the audience exactly what you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, that's what I think. It's It was nice to see the series go back to... Hitchcock. They did a million Hitchcock references in the first four seasons, uh, but I think that is a difference. I think that is a difference in the Merkin years versus the Algina Reese years. The Algina Reese were just like a movie scene is going to happen. 
if you know it's from the godfather it's fun but we hope it's fun either way in the merkin season he's like you're gonna do a scene from godfather and then the i will have somebody say like that was in the godfather you're sued or whatever I represent yeah. the state of charlie chaplin exactly but also the parody is important to the plot itself yeah. it's not just a throwaway exactly, visual yes. or a throwaway reference it's not like say on the critic where a scene from Do the Right Thing happens for no reason. You found my trash can. <laughs> um, or in Principal Charming, where the vertigo camera pull is done in the school bell tower for no reason. Or what was that episode from like the third season where just there's a Hitchcock reference and then Alfred Hitchcock walks by the oh, scene? Oh, it was the. Uh, it was the, birds in the. Just in to remind car, you. Streetcar yes. named Marge, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but so Bart finally does hear something interesting. And uh, I I just love he hears a woman scream and I love the way they animate him grabbing the box with his foot like mm-hmm. it's another just awesome oh, animation. Jim Reardon is team. on his game in this episode. Uh, oh, this can't be what it looks like. There's got to be some other explanation. Uh, I wish there was some other explanation for this, but there isn't. I'm a murderer. I'm a murderer. Then that's not the real Ned Flanders. I'm a if that's not Flanders, he's done his homework. So that's my favorite thing of this whole episode. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just really, I thought that was so clever. Right. Yeah, it, I know this looks like something else, but it isn't. Yeah. But it's, it's so, so every, it's really funny. Line of the show. It's yeah. filmed very well. Oh, it feels so good. I don't know why. I felt like I was tugging at my heart and then you put it out there and ah, it relaxed. Bart is speaking to the audience of just like, you as a viewer are like, well, no, Ned definitely didn't kill his wife. So Ned has to outright say, like, no, I am a murderer. I did it. Yeah. And it makes so little sense and, and with what, speaking, how the ending is. He's speaking for the benefit of an audience he doesn't totally. know is there. Yeah. Which totally. is such an arch that's joke. Not I love it. He's on his homework, which is a very clever way to say, like, I don't know, just acknowledge exactly what the audience is thinking. Yes. And there's the great joke of Bart turning back on classic Krusty. It's from the 60s later when it's a psychedelic show and Ravi Shankar is on there, which that is such a Beatles fan joke. Like, no, no American has heard of Ravi Shankar unless it was through the Beatles or Beatles associated products. Does he and mispronounce it? Yeah. Yes. That was that was that. an actual mistake in the booth, and Harry Shearer corrected him, voicing Ravi Shankar. Yeah, that's and, great. And respond with groovy. And he is groovy. the father of Nelly Furtado, by the way. Really? Right. Yeah. The, but, the one who's like a bird? Yes. <laughs> That uh, that song's only twenty years old now, uh, you know. But yeah, the Ravi Shankar. Just I know this as a. I, I've talked about the concert for Bangladesh a million mm-hmm. times, but I always Twice. think Ravi Shankar on there of just that. George Harrison kind of punished the audience like I know you came here for a rock show but you're hearing music from the region Ravi Shankar is going to just play it and you're going to listen like this is you better eat your vegetables if you want to hear me play music yeah and like Father Like Clown that's the album Krusty puts on to pad out the time at the Simpsons to stay with the family that, longer yeah. when we talked to Dan our buddy Dan Amrick who's Palace Swap Ninja Band remade all of uh, oh my god why am I losing Sergeant this? Peppers Sergeant Peppers Lonely Hearts Club band uh, in a Star Wars parody that called was, Princess Leia. Part of the title, <laughs> the Princess Leia still on Death Star plans. Yes. But there's a giant sitar solo in the middle. Is that him playing? Uh, yeah, I think that so. Dan had to recreate on his own. Wow, how did he do that, man? I don't that's know. Impressive. Uh, just a little plug there, PalaceSwapNinja.com. You want to hear the coolest Beatles parody of all time? And that woman scream was Tress McNeil. Obviously, uh, that was uh, not Harry Shearer. But that would establish a character trait for Ned. Would in a few episodes we would hear him singing with a woman's voice. Yeah. And and much later, we hear him screaming "bloody murder" in the woman's voice as well. I kind of, I kind of miss that trait of him. But now I can think of his Ned's traits. 
is from the where Maud dies. Is that like, oh yeah, that, that <laughs> Ned has a fourteen-inch penis? Like, yeah, just, Ned is an incredibly buff and man, seventy yeah. with a monster dong yeah. and a woman scream and a butt that just won't quit. <laughs> but when you know the when you know the ending of this. This line makes no sense. I love how contrived it is. Like again, yeah. Ned is speaking for the benefit of us yeah. to build this fake mystery. Daddy, where's mommy? We miss her. Mommy had to go away. She's with God now. Yay! Can we go there too? Soon enough. Yay! I mean, <gasps> he's gonna kill Rod and Todd too. That's horrible. In principle, <laughs> I mean, you could read it as Ned is still dealing with the guilt of killing the ficus, yes. and he's thinking about when Maude will come back and what he'll have to tell her. So there's this gloom over him. Yeah. But also, my best friend lived next door to a preacher, and like he did say shit like that all the time. But he's not going to send his kids to grandma when Maude mm-hmm. comes back. She's just there. They don't get sent to be at the. Or, no, it's not to grandma. They're not going to get sent to where Maud was at Bible camp. Well, so. soon enough is just like maybe maybe next summer, maybe next year. Who yes, knows? Yes, it, it really makes... This, yeah. this is a big difference in Rear Window and Bart's Rear Window is that Jimmy Stewart can't hear everybody. Yeah. He is far enough away <laughs> they can't hear stuff, but... It's funnier if Bart can hear things yeah. he shouldn't be able to yeah. hear. It's, and that Flair, Flanders is ambiguously narrating yes. everything. I mean, at least Flanders is right next door, so that makes sense. Mm. But, uh, yeah, and then came uh, one of my favorite lines of the episode. I just love it. It's It's so poor, poor little Ralph. I, it, I had many things stolen from me when I went to the YMCA in yeah. the pool, so a public pool plus thievery makes sense to me. Look, Lisa, I found this change on the bottom of the pool. You can have it. Thanks, Nelson. Somebody took my juice money. Oh. It's not even a. It's just tragic. There's no yes. funny Ralph lies. Like oh, somebody robbed me. This is, this is really dumb. But I was. Ex- I remember watching this, expecting him to say milk money. Mm-hmm. But it's summer, and no uh. child would ever, ever put aside money for milk. You don't want to have dairy products and then nobody swim. does. No milk I, was a bad choice. You're asking for a cramp. But I could definitely see you know Wiggum say like, "Well, you're going out for the day. Here's." 50 cents yeah, buy the boy yourself juice some money. juice yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then the uh, the rich kid talking to Lisa for, uh, and trying to like pick her up basically I like to imagine that kid grew up to be Hugh Parkfield yeah. or, or every writer of the Simpsons yeah. he is a very I mean this was the era of Hugh Grant's romantic comedies yes. right he, so. he did look too specifically designed not mm. to be based on a real person ever so many romantic misunderstandings <laughs> yes. I do enjoy that Lisa is immediately hoisted by her own petard like yeah as soon can as you she say that word yes I can say it I, I'm petarded so I can say it but um Lisa, as soon as she <laughs> indulges in just turning her brain off, it's all over. Yes. And you deserve it, an award for that well, joke. <laughs> thank you. What she didn't realize is that an even wussier kid is even getting a bigger pool. Ah, my plan has come to fruition. Soon I'll be queen of summertime. Oh, king, king! <laughs> and it is a nice touch that... Uh, Martin's pool is bigger and it has a deck. Yeah. And speaking as like a white trash former pool owner or pool user, we just had a fucking ladder we took out of the oh, yeah. pool so no one could die in it when we weren't using it. Bob, I've been to pools above ground pools with no ladder. Like, <laughs> I've, been, I, like I've seen the worst. You got to fall into it. Yeah. <laughs> no, Martin's pool. Use the trampoline. <laughs> Martin's pool is like a million dollar pool. That is a it's monster beautiful. pool. Yeah, it. it it is a full deck construction around a pool. Mm-hmm. And, and it's 
the water level is so low without all the children. Lisa just gets stuck in the pool with her brain. It's like now it's just you and me. Yeah, uh, that I like to imagine that she tied together some of the pool toys that were in there to pull herself out. Lisa can figure it out. I mean, she has to to help Bart later in the episode. And uh, I, I totally forgot that this was the episode where something ribald was mentioned. <laughs> Listen, Ned Flanders murdered his wife. But why? She's such a fox. I mean, who's on Fox tonight? Something ribald, no doubt. I wish you'd stop spreading bad rumors about people. Remember how you got Grandpa tarred and feathered? Sure, that was 20 minutes ago. Gonna be in the tub for a while. God damn, that's such a fucking great joke. Somehow that happened. Bart was able to do that in a cast from his yeah. room while dealing with the Ned Flanders situation. It was. I, I love the resignation of Abe. Just like, gotta be uh, in the top for a while. I'll be, that, I don't know. That's a perfect scene. God and damn, I love this scene. We last heard of Homer's lust for uh, Maude in the uh, Homer the Loves Maude. Flanders episode <laughs> where he was like, oh, she's got a thing for me, but she uh, hides under her mask of low-key hostility. And I also like this line, this scene, and also the 911 thing, mm. It explains why, like, why Bart didn't go to the cops, or just like that he did tell his family, and nobody mm-hmm. believed him. So, but <laughs> at least gave him the excuse. You don't but, have a clip of this, Henry, but I do want to mention Bart's play, his his horribly, oh, yes, yeah. uh, <laughs> his terrible British play. It I don't know like, how he picked this up. Like he was intentionally writing a bad, annoying play. I mean, in the summertime, I watched a lot of PBS yeah. as a lonely kid, watched a lot of Red Dwarf, but I found out St. Swithin's Day is a real thing. Yeah, I was shocked to find this out, too. It's and Juli- it's a summer holiday. Yeah, it's July 15th. I, I, you don't want to know who St. Swithin's was, but apparently the lore goes, the weather on St. Swithin's Day will continue for the next 40 days, which is, of course is not true in any way, it's but never happened. that's the belief. Yeah, if he sees his shadow. Get us for breakfast, Mom. (laughs) Tease, replied Anna. Here, let me read to you from my play. Get us for breakfast, Aunt Helga. Is it St. Swithin's Day already? Tease, replied Aunt Helga. I'm going, I'm going. Well, that also reminded me of my childhood in the summer of one one summer I got a typewriter from my mom's work. They're like, I'm going to run this typewriter. And I was like... I could write anything I want. It was that magical moment of creativity of realizing, like, oh, I could write anything. I mm. could. It, it's it's one of those things I like being about a writer. Except then I realized, like, oh, writing's hard, and I don't like doing. It, I'm gonna go back and look for it, but I wrote a comic book at Bart's age, wow. inspired by the design of the Simpsons. And is it Mort Drucker from the Mad Magazine? Mort Drucker, yeah, with the giant nose people. So they look like the Simpsons with big, giant, like tick, like. <laughs> Full tick like nose. We think of John Caldwell, uh, and uh, it was Slugman, and I, it, it was it, it is literally the Radioactive Man origin story, which wow. I thought I wasn't inspired by, but my dad la- my dad brings it up every time I come home that I tried to make a comic character called Slugman. I, I drew comic strips about uh, my about Fox characters that were in no way similar yeah. to Garfield, and they weren't I, drawn in the same oh. way. I didn't write plays. What I did was this could God, predict my future Tuesdays. life as a podcaster, yeah. but uh, <laughs> I did have a tape recorder and I would record yes. my own radio plays and I would use the sound test on Nintendo games wow. to edit in music. Holy shit. Which, I, uh, thank you Street Fighter 2, that Wedding March song gave me so much comedy. Uh, Mario Paint let you score your whole soundtrack with cats. Uh-huh. I, I did that a few times too. It was one of my 
One of the good jokes on Family Guy was Stewie revealing the tape recorder radio show he had made. I'm like, yeah, I did that. That I is a Family Guy joke I love. It was really good. It was mm. a well-observed thing about people not just cutting to a movie. You, uh, you want to compliment this episode on its rear window yes. parody again? Yes, yes. Well, hey, they, they recognize it and, and, and subvert it. They sure. earned it. Uh, but Lisa and Bart kind of go on like a Gravity Falls-style adventure. <laughs> just, uh, uh, never uh, thought twins. of it like that. It's something... I got into, too, of hearing, like, Alex Hirsch, the creator of Gravity Falls, big Simpsons fan. Great show. And he was such a big Simpsons fan, he hired Josh Weinstein to write on Gravity Falls. Mm. You're right. Can you play the uh, clip of the 911 call, though? Because Oh, yes. So I love this. An axe. He's got an axe. I'll save you, Lisa. Oh. Uh, I'll save you by calling the police. Hello, and welcome to the Springfield Police Department Rescue Phone. If you know the name of the felony being committed, press 1. To choose from a list of felonies, <laughs> press 2. If you are being murdered or are <laughs> calling from a rotary phone, please stay on the line. <laughs> you have selected regicide. If you know the name of the king or queen being murdered, press 1. <laughs> Sounds Hand, like hands up everyone in the audience who learned the word regicide. Oh, right here. Yeah, Jesus Christ. It sounds like Bart needs a dialing wand, but <laughs> this is a parody of Movie Phone, yes. which was parody a lot in the 90s. It was never a thing in my town. Me neither. And it's hard to find a recording of Movie Phone because I, it rebranded itself as yep. a new thing. Yeah, nobody just taped a Movie Phone as far as I, I couldn't find clips yeah. either. Like it's it was so frustrating. The closest thing I could find is my favorite parody of Movie Phone. <laughs> there has um, to be tapes or you never <laughs> You never would have heard it. But this one from Seinfeld. Uh. Hello, and welcome to Movie Phone. Brought to you by the New York Times and Hot 97. Coming to theaters this Friday. Kevin Bacon. Susan Sarandon. You've got to get me over that mouth! No! There's no higher place than... Mountain High. <laughs> Rated R. If you know the- okay, So the so one good. other movie phone reference I remember, and this was a, a popular reference in the 90s because mm-hmm. people in these big cities, it was just a thing you would call movie phone. It was 777 yeah. film. You mm-hmm. would get all the times. There's a cut scene in the first Austin Powers movie with Sherry O'Terry playing a stewardess, and he's hitting on her, and he asks for her number, and she gives him the movie phone number. And I'm, I'm guessing they cut that scene because nobody knew what movie phone was outside of New York, it's, L.A., uh, Chicago. It's a big city shit yeah. thing, and like... We we had a local we we had at least a local movie theater guy. They hired yeah. a radio guy to announce movie times at the Cinemark. Yeah. I remember being in the summer, especially just like okay, it's time to see a movie today. Open up the paper. I know exactly where the movie times are on this newspaper. If you don't have the paper, you could call a toll free. You could call. Yeah, I did. Have so old, I, you could call a toll free number. AMC Theater. Actually, uh, yeah, I called into the AMC Theater one, and then. When I worked at AMC Theater, I got to see the people who changed out the tapes of like, mm-hmm. no, they got to change out the message. On I this. just, I, I've said this story on a, it's the foundation of starting a podcast. But when I was a lo- like this year, when my parents would take me on vacations to Arizona and the Grand Ooh. Tetons, boring, <laughs> I would just call 1 800 USA Sega to listen to a person tell me what Sega games might be coming out within the next three years. Video games still exist, Chris. Don't worry. This like, vacation is really boring. <laughs> Do you recognize that music? Aquatic suit, yes. Uh, that's Sonic the Hedgehog, and he's got a new adventure coming. Like that's 
God, I would call and just listen just to that. Just to be reminded that video games exist. Oh, God, at least they're not mountains. Well, yeah. the scene coming up where Lisa infiltrates Flanders' house is directly out of rear window yeah. where Grace Kelly, yeah. in a dress and pearls and heels, breaks into the <laughs> killer's apartment to find things. And it is an extremely tense and well-done scene because Jimmy Stewart's character can't communicate with her. Yeah. And he sees mm. the killer enter the apartment. Oh, Spoilers, the guy killed his wife. It's so beautifully intense. It's yeah. like, oh, God. It's All they can do is like in- increase the sweat count, the yeah. sweat beads on Jimmy Stewart's yeah, head. Yeah, they, they spray him down with every new cut. And as Bob's point, as Bob has pointed out, her name was Lisa. So mm-hmm. he was watching the character yeah. named Lisa go through there, both in Rear Window and in The Simpsons. And I think the song Ross Bagdasarian writes is called Mona Lisa. Oh, yeah. uh, that human head of lettuce line was a bit cheap, but mm-hmm. it, was, it was fine. It's but very much like the uh, joke from the uh, King and Coda's first episode. <laughs> How to cook four for Yeah, humans. they wipe the dust off. Yes, the two serve man parody. Mm-hmm. There's and the, more space dust on here. And, and the Reardon team really did an amazing job on the rear window references. My, my favorite one is like the zoom in on Bart's eye moving into the telescope. Like hmm. this is straight. Like it's it's so perfectly done. What isn't a rear window reference, but also very well animated, is the scene. So Lisa breaks into Flanders' house. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's in there. She has to go to the attic to hide. The scene of her jumping for the the knob on the drawstring for the attic door is so well animated. Oh yeah, it's, it's so great. well done. It's beautiful. Yeah. And seeing her close it in time, and also another bit there that feel like would not have been done if they didn't have three extra months on it or ever extra long when lisa dives behind the the thing to hide in the attic she bumps into a bird cage and it is swinging as, as right. Ned yeah. comes in. it's just a little touch that would reveal oh someone's in here to a murderer the only thing i change is like Ned should be singing a religious song, not Mary Had a Little Lamb. Yeah. Bringing in the sheep. Yeah. But I enjoy, again, Ned performing for the audience to mislead yeah. them like, it's time to put you away. For put you away, away for, for good. good. <laughs> Only you can prevent accidents. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> and then just the idea of murder knocks out Flanders and he just passes out. Ah! And, and uh, this is a long clip, but you need a long so clip good. for all of the explanation of what really happened. Yeah. What the gumdrops is going on here? Came to stop you from murdering Lisa like you murdered your wife. Murdered? <laughs> murdered? Oh, no, I've just been in the country for a week. But I distinctly heard you say that Maud was with God. Oh, that's right. I was at Bible camp. I was learning how to be more judgmental. <laughs> I saw the murder, and then I saw you bury the corpse in the backyard. All right, it's true. I am a murderer. <gasps> I overwatered Maud's favorite ficus plant. I panicked and then I buried the remains. I was hoping to replace it before you got home. But I heard a woman scream. Huh? One of that I can't explain. Found it, Chief. Oh, well, I guess that explains everything. Not everything. There's still the little matter of the whereabouts of your wife. Um, I'm right here. Oh, I see. Then everything is wrapped up in a neat little package. Really, I mean that. Sorry if it sounded sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> that neat little package thing is definitely David Silverman animation. Yeah. Just the poses and the finger animation. The it just looks package. like him. Yeah, yeah. it zips between poses in a very silverman way. And I think Silverman was the animation director of the entire series at that point. So 
I could see him say like, "No, I know how Homer should act in this thing." Like he really specializes in Homer. Mm-hmm. Right. I want to. I want to call out if we criticize Harry Shearer for being a negative Nancy. <laughs> this is the best acting he's ever done. Oh, I mean, he brings it uh, even at this late in the series. Yeah. He has not yet given up. And, well, and this, late in the this, series, it's a fifth season. Well, I every mean, single line Ned Flanders gives. For the first time ever, he doesn't sound like Harry Shearer anymore. Yeah, it's it, it's it's amazing. I think this performance is awesome and shows his versatility as an actor. And I wish he cared enough. Yeah, I, I miss him. I wish he knew how much people love The Simpsons and value him as an actor. And I want him to only. I do love the him Simpsons. so much. I criticize him because I love him, and he gets he gets I'm angry. I'm sad stuff. he doesn't care more. I'm about a Lachau fan. Don't I, don't don't yeah. don't hate me, Harry. I just I just want Harry Shearer to be happy. Please, me too. Harry. Like me don't too. don't hurt your friend's feelings. So like, everything is wrapped up in a neat little package, yes, and we is. cut to Martin, uh, <laughs> who is having his own problems. Uh, and he's just standing there naked in the sunset. It's a beautiful oh, shot, yeah, despite there really being is. a naked little boy in it. He's not covering up. He's not running away. He's just so defeated. He's like, I don't care. Seeing this in a rerun, and I, I can't. I don't have nothing profound to say, but I just saw this on syndication. Like this show is better than every other show. <laughs> it really is. And, and like it's Martin naked singing a Sinatra song <laughs> for no reason. But here's the thing. I did some deep digging into this song. It turns out just yeah, like every Sinatra, Sinatra song, Sinatra he is song. like the sixth person yeah. to cover it. But this song, yes. So this song started as a German song called Der Sommerwind. Der Sommerwind! But I could That's not find the original German. German. I can only find a Finnish version. But I found the first English language recording by oh, Wayne no. Newton, who oh! sings it in a beautiful soprano, like very high pitched voice, and I love it. So here is the Wayne Newton version, the first English language version of the Summerwind. <laughs> The summer wind came blowing in across the sea It lingered there to touch your hair and walk with me I gotta say that Wayne Newton is a big gay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that... Honestly, fits Martin singing it more than yeah, Sinatra. It really does. Yeah. Unlike Sinatra, he can actually sing. <laughs> oh, that's that's a, that was a dumb reference to Johnny Carson constantly making gay jokes about Wayne Newton to yeah. the point where he went to oh, a, he did a vocal. Do that? Actually, I see yeah. a related clip in the YouTube we're looking at. Wayne Newton slaps Johnny Carson. Yeah, dude, they, yeah. they got in a huge fight over it behind the scenes. But like, you know, Wayne Newton went to vocal training to not sound as girly That's anymore. That's so sad. It does. He like, was an in- inimitable voice from a male that did sound ladylike. Wayne Newton has an amazing voice, and he should have just embraced that. And now I think, I mean, he's not. Uh, that's maybe why he's kind of a cuckoo person. Let's hear it for the boys or Wayne Newton's pole house. Oh, 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 wow, I had no idea. Oh. That's, that, that, it's what it was shorthand for a gay joke for Johnny Carson yeah. in the early seventies. Then it turned into Boy George in the eighties, yeah, scraping George. barnacles off his jingy. Oh, oh! <laughs> and also, it, well, it feels extra mean now because it's like he was a child star. So you're it mocking was, his, it was, You're like you're yeah. a gay kid, a gay kid. You're gay. And a great singer. He fucking he would have he would have drunk lava to stop being made fun of by Johnny Carson. Mm-hmm. That's a terrible. But it. 
Yeah, the the Sinatra version from '65 is mm-hmm. the one that got most famous, which is kind of that's more of the instrumentation instrumentation we're hearing. Taking <laughs> credit for people's music, could anyone can sing like this? I was just disappointed <laughs> Martin didn't sing the whole song over yeah. it. Yeah, so you know they paid somebody. Rusey Taylor was going for it too. Yeah. I like that. It was it was very earnest singing, and mm-hmm. because Martin is an earnest character, I yeah. also just love like hang those who would speak of less. Yes, he's so into his own success. And then he's reflecting upon his failure, like, very thoughtfully yes, yeah. as the submarine crosses his gentle buttocks. And the way the pool explodes, too. Amazing animation. Yeah. Right? Animating water. Not easy, I would think. Again, I forget the Laser Time episode where Brett talks about being witness to his pool doing that. <laughs> um, just breaking open. And it's like a Hollywood movie stunt. Like it's, He lost whoa. his title of Queen of Summer. 800 gallons of water <laughs> flying at one moment for 10 seconds. It's going to hurt everybody involved. So that was a great episode. I mean, it really was. An odd choice for the season premiere. It should have been the season five close. But man, what a great episode to kick off season six. A great season. I'm so excited yeah. to do more season six. We get to watch it in the summer. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. It's, it's a, it a rare time of us do, timing it when the episode is set. Like we'll be, I think we'll be in Halloween before September. Halloween two around. years from now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, this is a great episode, full of great uh, references about summer. I believe this was Dan McGrath was the writer on it. Yeah, I, I think he think... did another episode in season five. Mm-hmm. I can't remember which one it was. And I'm glad, you know, that earthquake, it uh, terrible tragedy, but it at least let this episode be better animated than mm-hmm. it was. Like if we'd seen this in the May of that year, I don't mm-hmm. think there'd have been as many things we liked about it. Those I mean, 53 people didn't die in vain. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, now it's worse. <laughs> So, yeah, this has been Talking Simpsons. Thanks so much for listening. I'm your host, Bob Mackey. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. My other podcast is Retronauts. Every Monday at Retronauts.com or look for Retronauts in your podcast machine. It's a classic gaming podcast every week. A new topic, a new classic gaming topic. If you've ever played a video game in your life, you will find something you'll love on Retronauts. I guarantee it. That is not a guarantee. I'm not offering anything legally up front here. But please listen to Retronauts. And if you like Talking Simpsons but wish it was a week earlier and also came with hours more content (laughs) and had no ads, then you should be heading over to patreon.com slash talking simpsons where we'll fill your summer full of simpsony memories i think it's likely at this point we will have the talking critic yes in full gear right yes talking critic will have begun at this point and we already did the first two episodes but now we're going to be doing an episode every week and it will be exclusive on the patreon so patreon.com slash talking simpsons is where it's going to live along with tons of other awesome stuff including interviews including a community outreach podcast so many other cool things you should totally give it a listen and uh, give us some money because bob and i did quit our jobs to do this full time and we are doing this at your uh convenience and we thank you so much it's been great uh yeah. you will hear this episode about a month after we're recording it but uh, the turnout has been amazing and i'm sure we'll hit our next goal this summer i'm almost positive we will we'll do more great cartoon shows after talking critic hell yeah and uh laser time uh, i apologize it's been a, a three beer show for me and the site is down but I, I do love doing laser time for you guys thanks for listening make make sure to check out lasertimepodcast.com there's so many great things there. We just did interviews with an interview with Trace Blue of Mystery Science Theater fame. Oh, we man. did controversial songs. Mm-hmm. So many great things. The whole show Spider-Man. about farts, motherfuckers. If I, if that's not enough for you, I don't know what you want. <laughs> Who else is talking about farts in exactly. this Exactly. It's something you can't get from The Simpsons show. <laughs> my real farts. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with Lisa's Rival. We'll see you then. This is not a dream. The summer wind came blowing in. From across the sea